0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's the end of Weekly Manga Recap. It's Mm -hmm. May 31st, 2023. The month
1: we've definitely been doing.
0: Yes, and that I didn't just think of a pun for just now. I'm Nick. This is Quinn. And we're going to talk about some manga today. Aren't Mm -hmm. you all excited and lucky?
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're truly the fortunate one. Uh, We have a good system here on this podcast, I think, between Nick and myself, um we're very uh sympatical. uh we, we 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 share a lot uh and i want to give you evidence of this <laughs>
0: uh, of how of how we actually share one brain yeah
1: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um so last night there was something i was trying to think of and i was like i cannot fucking like i, I barely know how to describe this thing and i can't find it and I was trying to ask Austin about it. I was like, oh, it's like this thing. I think it was called like electric mongoose or something like that. And Austin was like, That's a Pokemon. And I was like, No. <laughs> and I, I messaged Nick and I had to clarify. I feel like I messaged you very late. <laughs> like It was, it was like,
0: about it was about ten thirty at night. I yeah. was like I was like, you know, getting I was shaving to get ready for bed and stuff. So yeah, yeah.
1: I feel bad. Uh but I texted Nick. I was like, hey, I do not know this is a shot in the dark. But I feel like I recall when I was in high school, there was, like, a website I used to go to a lot where they used to have, like, comic book characters and video game characters and stuff like that fight each other in, like, text-based little things. And it was, like, a whole website of that. And I feel like it was called, like, Electric Mongoose or something. Electric something. Does this ring a bell or did I fever dream it? And I feel like you responded... Instantly. Well,
0: hang on. Let's look at the let's look at the let's look at the timestamps on this here because you're right. Uh, so when ten forty uh ten thirty eight p.m. you message me uh-huh. and you say, "Do you do, do you remember this ten
1: thirty nine p.m.?" <laughs> yeah, it was it was immediate. I got a response, and you were like, "Yes, I think it was called Electric Ferret." Uh, which I went to look at and it was it still exists. It's very different than it was before. I guess they do like seasons now or something like that. Huh. Um, but for me it was like unlocking like a it was like we entered a new room in the Yu Gi Oh, like MC Escher world. Like we opened a new door and I was like, Yes, this this these this site of battles that I used to go to. I used to like log in daily to see if they had like posted a new battle because I guess the way it worked is they'd like create the matchup and then they'd like let people hash out the fight in the forums and there'd be a poll and then at the end somebody would write the actual fight and how it would go and i didn't participate in any part of that (laughs) i just came for the results but like legitimately i feel like anytime i had a computer in front of me when i was in high school i would log into electric ferret to see if there was a new fight up and I, I was like, maybe no one else has heard of this. And of course, Nick, uh, having, of course, grown up the exact same way I did. I, yeah, pretty much. Immediately, like, yeah, electric Fred, I remember that.
0: Yeah, uh, it was, uh, I mean, obviously, like, uh, Death Battle is, like, a really big thing online. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's, you know, because it's a very long-running, like, you know, video series and stuff. But yeah, prior to the day of, like, someone... Having the thought and the dedication and the resources to hire like animators and voice actors and music producers to create a big high production show built around it. It was just like, well, I host, you know, a website and I've got a forum that people can chip in their opinions on and I'm pretty good at writing. And someone just wrote out results based entirely on like fan, uh, uh, speculation, uh, and, and input. Uh, and I did always appreciate whenever they got like into, um, there, they wouldn't always be like, you know, one-on-one, uh, battles. Sometimes it would be, you know, like team battles and sometimes it would be like free for all last man standing kind of ideas. And I would always appreciate when it, when it came to the latter that, uh, people would, they, they would write it out so that, uh, they would drop off in the order that, uh, the results came in. So, you know, if it was like, I think there was one that was literally like an evil clown battle. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, it was, you know, uh, Pennywise from it. Uh, the uh, psycho clown from Spawn, the Joker. Um, I forget the name of that one from Twisted Metal that Samojo is going to be playing. Uh,
1: uh, Sweet Tooth, I think.
0: Yes. Yes. That one. Wait, is playing him? <laughs> Playing his body, I think. Okay. His, yeah. Uh so you know, it's a super shredder kind of situation. Uh so then it it, it put them onto like a battle royal together and it was like they got killed in the order of in you know, like ascending order of like who got the most votes of who would win and stuff, and it's it was a nice touch uh in terms of that. But yeah, I definitely like you did spend many an hour going on there trolling through the results. I think my favorite one was uh, they ran Goku versus Superman, and the poll results on the forum like crashed and were lost forever. So they had to be like, "Uh, it's a draw, I guess."
1: <laughs> they both win. Please don't be angry at us, comic book and/or manga fans.
0: Uh, so yeah, good times. Uh, it yeah. was a nice, it was a nice visit from the past. So. Thanks for the reminder of that.
1: Yeah, it's just something, I don't know how it stumbled upon my mind, something to remind me, I was like, was it like a site I used to watch all the time, where there were big battles? Well, there you go. I should have known. I should have known that Nick would have known.
0: Well, yeah, obviously, because I was there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you were... <laughs> We were interacting
1: before we even knew each other, just (laughs) arguing who would win between Sub-Zero or uh, fucking Frozone from The Incredibles. (laughs) And Obviously, it'd be Sub-Zero. He has ninja training on top of his ice powers, so that's a wash. I don't know how I even got into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get it. Let's not uh, spark the anger of the uh, power scale analysis uh, in the uh, Pixar shared
1: universe. Fandom. Yeah. Uh, the pix heads, as we call them.
0: It's like top tier Lightning McQueen. Obviously. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's fast. He's a car. What else do you need?
0: <laughs> just like the, that pro con <laughs>
1: attribute
0: listing. One of them
1: is just is a car. Is a car. It's the number one. Is a car ka <laughs> Number three, uh, I guess impervious to all diseases, all, all human biological diseases, in parentheses, because he is a car.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this has been a nice trip down memory lane. And guys, as we all know, when we look back at our past, we only find good memories there. Nothing this. that we're ashamed of at all. I hate this. <sighs> so, guys... We read a manga for Uh this week. Uh, It is called Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist's Journey uh, by Akiko Higashimura. Uh, Ran in the early 2010s uh, in a monthly magazine. uh, And it is about... It is an autobiography. Uh, It is uh, Akiko Higashimura basically relating the story of how she uh, started off as a kind of directionless uh, teenage kind of wannabe artist who was kind of okay at drawing and sort of had in her head like, oh, I'm going to make manga one day. And how she had to uh, suffer through a lot of um, not fairy tale uh, ending (laughs) real world stuff uh, in order to actually become a professional mangaka Uh, and how she got to the point where she was when she started it and how a lot of that and a lot of the uh, success that she experienced is because of the lessons that well really the one lesson primarily that she learned from uh, the first teacher that she had uh, when she started taking up art seriously And uh, I can't even remember like his name because he's basically just referred to as sensei through essentially like the entire series. There are, of course, moments when he's referred to uh, by his actual name. But in her mind, he's always like just sensei. Uh, And to get into the general structure of the story, uh, Higashimura, who, uh, it, well, her, her character, quote unquote, uh, within the story, rather, uh, Hayashi, is uh, a naive, uh, wide eyed, kind of lazy and directionless kid who takes a while to really shake that habit and start, you know, like really, really focusing on what she wants to do with her life. And uh, she kind of keeps on making some of the, a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. And then she feels really guilty about uh, wasting her young adulthood for her sentiment. Uh, and uh, that's the manga, really. <laughs> um, it can be quite an awkward read uh, at times. Uh, Because I feel like everyone has gone through something somewhat akin to what Hayashi goes through, especially around this period in her life where she is hitting that transition between, you know, being a kid in some form and having to start to become an adult. Uh, You know, everyone has to go through that transition and look. A lot of us don't go through it very smoothly, and a lot of people are still going through it in some form or another. Uh, It's not an easy transition to make. And uh, I actually make some mistakes while she is doing it, and uh, she feels really bad about it. Uh. (laughs) Uh,
1: I should note this series is uh, licensed by Seven Seas Entertainment, so if you want to uh, pick it up, that is the way to do it. yeah, this is, this is a biographical exploration of Agashemura's journey as an artist, starting from when she's, you know, 16, but being, you know, written from the vantage point of her when she's in her late 30s to early 40s. And it's about five volumes long, and the entire thing is really framed around the particular relationship she has with this sensei. I think every single volume basically kind of ends on a very wistful note of the times that she spent with her sensei or regretting not doing more with him or these various different things. Uh, And it really just exists as this sort of um, very specific sort of nostalgia where you long for the past in an angry or disappointed way because you are so frustrated with yourself For not taking advantage of the opportunities you should have. And in this case in particular, um, for not spending time with somebody who clearly wanted to spend time with you. Um, We'll get into it as we explain this, but I, I need to stress. I sobbed so much throughout reading of this series. If you don't know, in my household right now... There's currently a cry jar. This is the cry jar right now. We've been doing it for about a month. Anytime I or one of my roommates, Joa, cries, we put a bean in this jar. I put five beans in yesterday and all I read was the last volume of this series. Like, I could not stop crying. There's there's heft to this guy right now if you're not listening or uh, watching the video version. There's a lot of beans in this and this manga contributed at least a dozen, I think, over the course of it. Um, And I also... Noted being so sad that uh, Mandela, the uh, one who recommended this series, felt so bad they actually sent cupcakes as an apology. I I need to stress, I was sobbing so hard yesterday I couldn't breathe through my nose. Like I just, I had been sobbing so long because the last volume is just it just destroys you. Like I don't know how you read it and not come away with just being like i've been torn apart from the inside out but we we will explain i guess a little bit more of why that is um in just a moment
0: so yeah we to give you an impression an idea of how things kind of go in the series uh hayashi uh is just kind of this kid who honestly really doesn't give probably a lot of thought into what's going to go on you know when she becomes an adult there's this like very easy roadmap that she kind of just has envisioned which is just like yeah i'll get into an art college and then when I, while i'm in art college i will make my debut as a mangaka and i'll like you know win a newcomer award and that'll help me to support my way through college and then i'll just become a famous you know mangaka from that point and everything will be great and that's just kind of it uh in terms of how she will realize this you know it'll be fine i'm, I'm good you know i'm just gonna be this you know amazing newcomer who's super talented and stuff and that's just gonna be it and to give you to be clear like you know she's got artistic talent but she does not have a lot of experience actually drawing and so when she you know Says, like, oh, yeah, I want to try and you know, like, get into an art school and stuff. People are like, all right, but you need to like practice and know what you're doing and stuff. So she has a classmate whose name escapes me, uh, Fu- Fuyumi, I think,
1: Fu- is Fu- it Fuyumi or for Fu- 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 Miko? I think it might be
0: Fuyumi, uh, who is a fun character because she just never <laughs> never, never changes her expression. Yeah. She's just I was like, yeah, okay. Uh and she she's going to be going to uh you know, an art class uh to, to learn to draw and Haya- and so Hayase learns Hayashi rather learns about this and uh is like, well, I guess I can try and do that too. Gets there, the teacher is crazy. Uh you know, his approach to getting people to draw better is to scare them and attack threaten them with, them with, with a k- sword or <laughs> <laughs> the kendo stick. Like, draw more. No, that's not good. Drawing, draw better. Uh, and at first it seems like, well, this seems just like an abusive relationship. This doesn't seem good. And honestly, there are still parts of their relationship that I feel like uh, Higashimura's kind of just like glosses over in terms of how problematic <laughs> the teacher student relationship is. Uh, and I, it, it does really feel like she's from a somewhat of an older generation in Japan where corporal punishment was probably just a thing that happened between teachers and students.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, but at the same time, since it's awesome. He is just very, very, very involved in his students' development as artists. Uh, and also he very he's not you know the warmest person a lot of the time but he very clearly like you know demonstrates through actions how much he does care there's a bit where hayashi kind of like fakes illness to just try to like go home and uh when her teacher realizes that her parents aren't going to be picking her up, he literally goes to like offer to carry her on his back to get to the station because he's like, you're not well enough in order to go walking. If you if you feel like you need, if you're if you feel so sick, you can't draw. So I'm going to carry you and just does that kind of thing. Uh And whenever it comes time for, you know, his students to like take entrance exams to go into class, he's like, look, you're going to be fine. Just draw. Just do what you've been learning to do here. And if any of you fail, you can come back here and I'll teach you again and prepare you for next year. You know, always, you know, very reassuring, always very, but always very like matter of fact with everyone in terms of like, this is how you're going to do it. If it doesn't work out fine, you'll just practice, put more and come back better. Yeah, and that's it.
1: This guy uh, is, is a very particular character. Like he has like so many like eccentricities that like seem very iconic to him he runs this school for a very low price Mm -hmm. like it's like fifty dollars a month or something like that basically uh and you just take as you, you you go there almost every single day and he's just teaching you this entire time uh he just oftentimes has like a very like matter of fact way of being like all right, I want to do this. Let's do it. We're doing it now. Like it it doesn't, he doesn't talk about anything in the sense of like, Oh, maybe like we'll do this in his mind. He's like, we're doing this. Like at one point he's like, Oh, it'd be cool if we had like these flowers in between the cracks going into the school. All right, let's get in my truck. (laughs) We're gonna, we're gonna go pick up some flowers or whatever.
0: So I can't hear you right
1: now. Oh no. Um, Yeah. I
0: haven't been able to hear you since you started talking.
1: Oh no. Well, yeah. uh, I will talk.
0: Um, for now. Should we try and I don't know, should I just like try and hang up the call
1: or something? Yeah, you can go ahead. That's fine. Okay. You can go ahead and drop. Um oh, sorry, I got distracted. Anyway, he just has these um these very distinct ways of doing everything. Uh he has uh Okay. okay. He has all these like Mentalities. so there's, there's like a very particular moment i want to reference but i can't because it spoils everything um but he he just has his way of doing everything and in particular one of the more kind of soul crushing things is he himself was never in uh an art school he never went to any of them but he's like a relatively famous artist in their area as you know despite that he's 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 gone on to create a lot of cool work Uh, And he really takes a liking to Higashimura um, and he keeps talking to her about one day doing like a co-event, like an event where they both show off their art. And he always speaks of it so frankly as if like, yeah, like, you know, when you go home, uh, start working on your art. We're going to do an art show together. And like it, it comes up frequently throughout this manga that he is just so confident that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it breaks your heart to know because you're you're reading it through Gashimura's eyes where she's like, I never had any intention of doing one of these shows. Uh, even when she was into fine art and not even really into it, but when she was doing it, she didn't really have much of a goal. And then eventually her life becomes about manga and she's just like, why? I don't know why I would go back to fine art. I make money drawing manga but my fine art doesn't make any money and it's really expensive
0: she has this very frank explanation of why she doesn't want to do fine art and it's not just that you know it's expensive it's that it takes a lot of work you know she's talking about like you know doing portraits and stuff working with big canvases and agonizing over every square inch of it whereas when she does manga she could just explode onto the page and it just works out fine she is just you know her skill set and her attitude is just much more suited towards creating manga than it is towards painting and you know like at the same time, what makes it extra tragic is that there is a moment eventually where, as manga is taking over more and more of her life, she does eventually say to Sensei, "Like, look, I've got to do all this manga stuff. You know, I'm 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 published author and and everything. And I know you don't like manga." And he's like, "I never said I don't like manga. Manga's proper art, and it's just one of those things where it's like, not only if would if, not only would she have potentially like." gotten to do more things with him if she had like hurt him out but also if she had just been willing to share more with him then it would have also improved their relationship she always has this like image in her head of like who he is as this disciplinarian but in reality he is just a massive art dork and he really greatly admires hayashi's skills and abilities and she doesn't seem to grasp that until way 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 too late yeah
1: uh the entire as as we noted early on the entire manga is kind of written through the vantage point of somebody who is uh regretfully or remorsefully looking back on everything like she's able to look at all these things now and be like at the time i thought this was really annoying but now i realize he must have driven you know at one point she has like artist block she can't figure anything out and it's becoming, like, a big issue. She's potentially gonna, like, maybe drop out of college because of this, or Mm fall fail out of college. It's awful thing, so her parents, who are really concerned, call the sensei up, and he comes and visits her in her house to try to, like, kick her out of this writing block. And, of course, like, it's not like you would write in, like, a a standard thing where he shows up, it's like, hey, everything's okay. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Draw! (laughs) Like, he shows up, like, he has this very distinct way of handling everything, but she realizes, like, in this reminiscing moment, she's like, He didn't have a car. All he had was a moped. And it's over an hour to my place. Like he must have driven on that moped for an hour. Had to look up where my house was, which was kind of confusing. And then driven all the way back just to kick me out of this funk. And he he didn't ask anything of it. He's just, as you say, just really liked art and really wanted to help out his students. And that's sort of the person who you really come to just be like, you know nothing good happens, because from pretty much the very beginning, everything's told in like, you know, writing a letter. He was ad. this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, maybe now he's uh like a, a rock star. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I at least for me, I just kept reading it, hoping like maybe he is still alive? Question mark. <laughs> um and i hate to be the bearer of bad news everybody um
0: it and- was weird to see some comments uh, at, at various points when i would like you know start a new volume of people be like since they better not be dead and it's like come on like <laughs> you just just read the rest of the series up to this point <laughs> uh,
1: in my place in my sense it was pure denial i just kept denying oh, sure. that he was dead but yeah um i i I need to note now why this series hit me so hard. If you uh, are a longtime fan of this show, you probably know this, but if it's your first time, hello. What a strange episode to come in for your first time, but welcome. Uh, I have a particular soft spot for old men. Uh, For some reason, uh, I don't like seeing them sad. There was a character for a manga we read. His name was Amori. He didn't get like Mm -hmm. he had peanuts that got knocked to the ground and I was emotionally devastated for months about it. I kept saying like, when is Amori going to get his peanuts? And that's like a running joke with the show. This series is about fucking Amori walking up with an empty bag of peanuts being like, would you fill this up? And this girl just <laughs> knocks it to the ground and <laughs> runs away. And she does it for years. It's so brutal. She, There are so many scenes that are absolutely heart wrenching because she looks back on it now and she's like, clearly he just wanted to spend time with me. Clearly, he just wanted to, like, get to know me a little bit better. Clearly, he just really went out of his way for me, and I never gave him the, the, like, attention he needed, you know? Or, or, maybe not needed, but I should have reciprocated. Or just been honest with him.
0: A lot of it does come down to that feeling that you have of, like, you know, grandma's getting up there, I really should spend more time with her. But... It's a lot more direct, and uh, and although at some certain points I feel like Higashimura is a bit hard on herself, just because of the matter of like, look, the nature, the relationship between kids and adults who are important to them in their life is that the adults give and the kids, you know, are the ones who take. Uh, it's mm. just the way that things are, you know, because look, you're going to be around no longer than they are. Almost certainly. Yeah. So I think that a lot of it is coded by that and that sense of like, oh, I should have done more in return when it's like mm, it's okay. They, they, they knew what they were doing at the time. You know, it's not like you were taking advantage of them. That's just the way that the relationship between kids and adults is. But admittedly, there are points where, like, literally, he like goes to visit her in college, yeah. and she actively avoids him while he that's, is that's the staying one. at her place. That's
1: the one. That's so brutal. It's so painful. Just it's, and it's like
0: her, her boyfriend likes him. Yeah. Like, like you know, he's he he ha- is like, oh yeah, I got some fish and 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 I, and I cooked it and I made it sashimi for us. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, you're embarrassing. And she's like, you look, just take a, eat a little bit and then we could go out eating together. It's fine. And he's like, oh, this sashimi is great. Your, your teacher is awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah th- th- there's like that point happens after she started to make a little bit of money for me for drawing manga. And she's like, we went on like a lavish food eating exploration. And even now, when I talk to this guy, he's like, nothing was better than that slapjack, though. Holy shit. That sashimi was fucking on point. <laughs>
0: And yeah, you know, she just did not really appreciate these kinds of things that he was doing for her. And I think that a lot of it is down to the idea comes across when she talks about it, that she attached her teacher to the level of anxiety that he would produce in her sometimes in terms of, and not just he would produce in her, but that art would produce in her. You know, she was running away from this, from being forced to do, Fine art, which he didn't like doing, and he his whole approach was to force people to just get over, you know, like no, stop thinking about what am I going to draw. Stop overthinking it. Look at what you're going to draw. Draw it. Just just get it done. Put what will you see in front of you on the page. And if you can just do that, if you can just do that with a whole bunch of different things, then you'll always be able to draw. And as a result of that there was this real like drill sergeant thing and she hated making this this kind of art so it makes sense that she runs away from him because he's so heavily associated with that but then it gets to a point of course where you know she's a mangaka and she's like the fact that he taught me that lesson of just draw has saved me so many times i can be horribly depressed i can be sick and i can just keep on drawing because i it, nothing can stop me because of how he taught me that and how he made that like coded into me. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's like, look, I fully understand why you're feeling guilty and why you ran away at the same time. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's very well illustrated in that sense. Um, and I, I, I also have to admit that like, it took me a little bit to get into uh, relating to Hayashi because she sucks early on. You hate her. She, well, she also sucks in a particular way that literally, and I, I don't mean this to sound like arrogant or anything, but she talks about like, you know, struggling with school in a way that I literally cannot relate to. <laughs> you know, where she's just like, yeah, so I was just always bad at school stuff and I could never understand anything. And it's like, okay i have difficulty relating to that
1: (laughs) it's like i was always a little too smart for that (laughs) that has
0: nothing to do with it it was literally like learning like good study habits early on which apparently she did not and but then when she gets into like and then i went away into college and i just did not do (laughs) schoolwork. and i was like ah there
1: we go (laughs) now you're lining up with old freeman here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, one thing I, I do want to stress, because we've been talking a lot about like how this is is very like reminiscent, and there's a lot of sadness in it, and there's all these things. I need to stress this is also a very funny manga. This is like a comedy mixed with like a slice of life, and then like a little bit of this you know dramatic tale with her sensei. But like for a large part of this series, it's just meant to be like kind of silly like here's what I did here and oh my god I can't believe but I did this and all these sorts of things and there are like legitimately very funny moments and there's funny moments with like the sensei and everything too like she she talks like at one point about how she went on a trip to Italy and he was like oh can you pick me up these books because they don't sell them here in Japan and she picks them up but then she was like she found like cute little fucking jams from like a diner (laughs) and she's like oh these are so cute and just (laughs) got smashed in between the books and then sensei's like this is awesome (laughs) he he doesn't care he's he's so excited to get his little nerd books and i was like that's so charming
0: i think that my favorite bit is that there is uh, a student who starts in his class a little bit after hayashi who is like obsessed with like conspiracy theories and the word of Nostradamus and stuff and keep in mind that this is ba- ba- this is the timeline of this is in Hayashi Higashimura's life so this is like the 90s when she starts to go to his class uh, and so this classmate of hers is, is saying like oh yeah the world's gonna end on the new millennium Nostradamus it's gonna happen you know there's not gonna be a world and so this the teacher's like all right if the world is still around on January January first two thousand then you're going to pay me like a hundred thousand dollars, something like something like that, and of course it happens, and it's it's like like oh yeah, we have a big laugh about. It. He's like, no, he like bothers him constantly about his it. like So when are you gonna pay me yeah. that so this kid who's like just started going to college? Like, Where's the hundred thousand dollars
1: you owe me? It's great. Yeah, he really does just nail this kid down to be like, hey, you made a bet with me. You owe me that money. God damn it uh yeah it's, it's 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 i do agree with you and i i agree from the vantage point of like as we watch us having not known sensei ourselves uh you are able to look at some things he does and be like okay i don't think you necessarily need to feel bad about this 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 might have been an l on his part or something like that like right. there's are several times where she's just like oh my gosh like he wouldn't give up about this like thing we're going to do together, the art show we're going to do together. And I was like, he also knows you're busy with manga and just assumes you'll make time for that. And he does it because that's what he does in his life. He he teaches this school all day and goes out to all these forest markets and everything like that. And then at the end of the day, he just squeezes in time to do his own art and... You know, there's some of these things that you're like, I I don't think you need to feel bad. Like he is putting some of this on you, but it also there's an element too of he has this very particular relationship with her that's like both teacher student and like a little bit father daughter. Not exactly. Her parents are both still in the picture, but there is definitely right, right. Like, uh, a, a, like a like a paternal element to their relationship as well because he really does look out for her and is genuinely sweet at times. That she kind of has him to rely on in moments where it otherwise seems really, really bad. You know, like she fails getting into one school and she feels like she's doing really bad at the last school she's attending. And, you know, he gives a call up just to be like, Hey, don't worry about it. Don't, don't think too hard on it. Just get back in there and draw. This is what we've been practicing for. And there's a moment that I thought was really sweet. It's not even about her. Uh, There's an old man who's been coming to her classes. He's just starting to draw for the first time in his life sensei's like draw this tissue box <laughs> and,
0: yeah. they, and she's like don't you isn't he doing this for his own like entertainment don't you want him to draw something a little bit more fun to draw he's like no no, no. Now, he needs to draw a tissue he, box and
1: he and like she comes back years later and he's still drawing the tissue box and she's like please he comes to this art school teach him something beyond the tissue box <laughs> but then it cuts to an art show he's doing where he's showcasing some of his students work and the tissue box is up there. And he's like, Hakashi Roar, you gotta come over here and check out the tissue box. He finally did it. And I was like, I almost like like almost applauded the all at that point. I was like, Yes, he did the tissue box. Um, it's generally very sweet and 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 very very amusing at times.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I uh, there's a moment as well where um hayami i think it is i think that i think that's the name we've settled on for her i can't remember <laughs>
1: i just uh, think about higashimura i couldn't i was like i tried to look it up no no
0: no, no. uh Fuy- no for fuyumi fuyumi the, the the other girl that uh-huh. she starts taking the class with oh, yeah. she kind of like she uh, she you know kind of fades into the background over time because you know she becomes less central to uh higashimura's life uh with time although it's established at a certain point that like she still keeps up with her which uh-huh. is nice considering that she's you know known her for like twenty-five years by, by that point. Um, but they go to apply to schools together and uh she <laughs> if they go to one where that's like out in the sticks to apply to and he's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna take the interest exam in for this one because if this is the only one that I get that I pass, my parents will force me to come here and I don't wanna go to this place. out <laughs> in the middle of
1: nowhere. <laughs> Well, I thought it was that she got a, she already knew she got accepted into the other one.
0: No, she oh. didn't know at oh, that she, she, point. Yeah, it I is that, just I like, think I think they I think they had both failed an exam by that point. She, so she was like, "Look, if this is the only one I get into, that I'm going to be forced by my parents to come yeah. here, and I'm not doing that." shit. It is
1: great. <laughs> it, like, yeah, Higashimura was like, "Hey, we got to get to the exam." She's like, "Nah, not gonna do it." <laughs> and no. Just hung out in the hotel room and watched fucking like movies all day. Um. I should also I guess we haven't really talked about this is also like the biography of a woman who draws manga, so a lot of this is just like here's how I started making manga and like the the process of it. Like not to codify it as like the thing, but you know, if you enjoyed seeing that, you know, behind the curtains kinda look at Bakuman, you get a a non gross version of it here. I don't know how else to say it, but like she goes on to explain like yeah, I had to start using screen tones and in my first <coughs> my first manga, my mom would help me apply them because yeah. I didn't have time to- I didn't have assistance or anything like that. And, and that now was something to do. help mom.
0: Yeah.
1: And she'll go on to explain like the, the inking process and like how these things like how she started getting going from like newcomers competitions to getting serialized and like failed projects along the way. It's very <laughs> interesting
0: yeah you know she talks about like some things that are like, like oh yeah I just did I just kind of drew this thing and the editors are like what the hell is the point of this it's like well you know it's about this like that doesn't come across well we can't run this <laughs> <laughs> and just like very blunt like nope can't run this no draw this instead you can do 200 pages right
1: <laughs> yeah oh there's, there's so many brutal moments where you're just like oh god this hellscape uh, but it's it's generally, genuinely, I think, very interesting if you like to know more about, like, the manga creation process. Uh, particularly if you like to know about, like, older manga creation process, because uh, Hagashimura was, like, creating manga into, like, you know, starting back in, like, the, like, early 2000s. So there's, like, some stuff that, like, right. they were doing, this is before things started to, like, really get heavily digitalized, that are very, like, curious and interesting. She's, like, reminiscing for the days gone by where they used to like run to an like a weird old like kind of like inside shop to be like hey can you get this to this other place in amount of time and they're like yeah we're gonna take it on the fucking bullet train and then yeah. the editor would be waiting on the other end to pick it up and you're like i don't know something very like interesting about how um how reminiscent they are for something so very specific that i could appreciate
0: Even now, just the idea, because, you know, there's a bit where she, you know, is just kind of lugging her manuscript around in a big envelope. And it's like, wow, that you probably wouldn't do that nearly nearly so often these days. It would be like, no, scan that shit and send it to someone.
1: One of the more brutal, hard-hitting moments of the manga comes from the fact that a fax didn't go through. Yeah. And because of that, she has to leave her sensei at a time where she's like, ah, I actually had planned to stay longer. I'll will see you again though. Don't worry. And you're like nowadays, you'd have just clicked a couple buttons and sent it over. But yeah, yeah. didn't exist then.
0: Should we talk about the spoiler?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've been pretty clear uh, about it's, the fact that it's the, not
0: it's not what happens; it's how it happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's 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 very true to form. So eventually, Makashimura um, receives a phone call from her sensei and it's kind of a running thing throughout the book that she kind of knows when her sensei is calling her and she dreads it she oftentimes just wouldn't pick it up because she knew it was him uh this is of course again before caller id or any of those things existed this was just like a sixth sense that some people had and i kind of know what it's like there were times where you're just like i know this is you know my mom or you know my school or whatever it's a bad vocal. uh but she does get that feeling when a call comes in but she's like fuck and her mom or her uh, boyfriend at the time is like, You should probably pick this up. So she picks it up, and it's her teacher who's like, Hey, I have lung cancer. They say I have four months to live. Can you come back to, um, what, Miyaki? I think is where they're from, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, come back to her hometown, basically, where I live, the art studio. And she because that's all the information she got she's flying on this plane on the way home and she is immediately catastrophized and everything she's like holy shit he's going to die what's gonna happen what's gonna happen to this school all these things and by the time she has landed on the plane she has already convinced herself she's like i'm gonna quit making manga for a bit and i'm gonna take over the school that he does i like, she's so confident she's like he reached out to me and just me because he he even noted on the phone he's like you're the only person i've told so far and then she gets to the studio and there's like twelve other fucking students there. He's like, Yeah, these are some other people I also told after I called you. <laughs> help me carry some of my art here. And it's like that's the moment that really capitalizes this character in that like it's like the terror of being like, Oh my god, he's dying. I have to be there for him and then everyone gets there and he's like, Can you help me move some shit? <laughs> Like, it all comes from a logical... And he's, like, trying to sell her stuff. He's like, hey, I don't have insurance, so for all this dying shit, I'm gonna need some money, so buy this vase! <laughs>
0: just buy it! Yeah, don't you want this for, like, 50 bucks? Yeah, take it. <laughs> you! You want it? Come and it is sweet, it's and great! She,
1: she still has it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I still I still look at it all the time. I put different flowers in it. But, like, it was rough reading it because it said, the last volume is just, like, for me, like, heavy sobbing, intersplicitly broken up by, like, Silly moments about the, how this guy just is like this weird machine
0: and doesn't really
1: follow any of the rules you would expect. And then immediately moves into more sadness. So, yeah.
0: Um, it's good. There's a, there's a nice bit where like, she goes to visit him, uh, 'Cause like, you know, she does help out for a little bit, but she's like, I mean, fuck, he's fine. He's yeah. he's not suddenly bedridden and he's got all these other people helping out. I'm gonna go back to doing MAGA stuff. I'm going to go and do my career. Uh and then she comes and visits him later. He's still doing fine, and they like go out for a walk together. Uh, they, you know, they just kind of reminisce a bit and they bond a little bit. She, there's a sad uh, note that it, uh, that it closes on because she thinks like if we'd walked a little bit further, we could have gone to the beach, and we had never been to the beach together, despite the fact that we lived in this coastal area the entire time. Like that's just you know like one of those like one of the many things that we just you know just never did together, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why it makes her sad. And then it gets to a point after she'd be like, "He's fine, he's fine, he's fine," and she goes to visit him one time, and he is basically bedridden. And, you know, he's, he's coughing it, Still all the making time, art.
1: still making, still art.
0: still going, you know, because it's just like his thing that he does. Uh, and, you know, she has this big reflection of like, he looks so much smaller and weaker. You know, she remembers like how, like when he would carry her back, back when they, when she was young, how big and strong his back looked. And now she looks at me, he's like, it's so, he so looks so skinny now and so weak. Uh, and. Then she gets called away for work again. And that's just the last time that she talks to him, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he just, you know, dies because he has cancer. And she thinks, like, yeah, this isn't, you know, some big dramatic story where, like, I was there with him on his deathbed and he passed his last words on to me. Like, no, he just died when I wasn't there. And that's just kind of it. And, uh, she goes to his funeral and, uh, one of my favorite i think my favorite moment in the whole sequence is you know like afterwards like you know because they have this this nice funeral like all where all of his students show up and then they go out drinking together and they're having a, a nice time remembering him and uh the student who uh owed him a hundred thousand dollars
1: <laughs> nostradamus kid
0: yeah uh talks about how like yeah uh just a couple i was there i was like one of the last people to see him I was it was like, like last came, week yeah, he, he came to see an art gallery where I was, like, you know, going to, like, be drawing stuff live in front of the audience. And he was, like, so weak. He could barely talk anymore. He was in a wheelchair. Uh, and while I was there to, you know, draw in front of all these people, I just froze up. I couldn't think what to do. And he called me over and he could barely speak. So I had to lean in real close so that he could whisper to me. And he said, just draw. And he just gave him a kick in the pants and he was fine again. And it was just that, that note of like, he was still the same person up until the very, very end. He, you know, he cared so much about his students that he could barely get out of bed and he went to this guy's art exhibit and he gave him the same advice in order to get him out of a funk that he gave all of his students. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty awesome, and that and that like that's the moment where like everyone's like, oh my god, he was so great, and they start all crying and stuff. When like all of them have just been kind of like,
1: well, well, he's
0: gone, and they're like,
1: oh, he was so great. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like a and, note that nobody really cried at the funeral, and then after hearing that story, like hanging out at the, the old art house or everything like that, everyone just starts crying. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's tough to talk about the last <laughs> volume for me because it's it's very much um the ramifications i think he like starts to like i think like the end of the fourth volume is he has cancer and then the fifth volume is just like him dying and uh gosh kind of talking about like i was really busy at this time and they had like moved me to um a different city i was like in tokyo now Mm -hmm. um and I like all these things that happened and she's like reminiscing. She's just like, I wish I never got him to, you never got to meet my son and all I really yeah. wish he would have, because there's a lot of lessons I feel like he could have taught um, my little boy. Um, like I got divorced. I fell into some deep depressions, like all these things. Um, and it's, it's heavy. Like it's again, there's still silliness. They're still fond There's still explanations of how to make manga in there. But yeah, um, it is sort of like the 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 core of the series, the heart of the series at that point is you're just like she's dealing with the ramifications that like, yeah, and then my sensei's died and I lost this person. And now I'm, you know, 10 years older than I was that back then or whatever. And I really regret all these things that I didn't do, you know. She's like, oh, I should have taken like a gap year off from making manga. Like I, I was pretty popular. I think I could have done that and like come back and stuff like that. And, you know, there's, there's sad stuff in there. I, I really, I guess, just want to say like I really enjoyed this manga. It's it's extraordinarily well done. There's um just a lot of powerful sentiment in it. Um, it's very funny. Uh, there are some stories I really like. She tells a story at one point of working at like, um, uh, a used bookstore and how she was yeah. like, really good at wrapping books. And there's like a great panel where she just has like this face. She's like, I can do it all.
0: And it's, They're it's, like, yeah, I guess to be too much. Once you try and like wrap up like ten books together, you know that no one could do that. Oh, Twenty <laughs> books. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's and she's it's, it's like, I've never had any real time. <laughs> like no one's ever been as good at anything as I was at wrapping books. <laughs> um, but there's like great moments like that. Um, there's great moments. It's just like discussing an artist's life. I, I think I'm very interested in like hearing her go to an art school and. Also, in a weird way, not enjoy being at an art school at all. Like, she's just like, I really just wanted just, to party and hang out. Yep. I did not want to be at school work. Um, I basically coasted my way through the entire fucking Pretty thing. Pretty much. Um yep. And I don't, it's just, this is a really, really good manga that I'd highly recommend people checking out if this sounds interesting to you. I guess if, at, at this point, you've probably been like, but I know the old man dies. <laughs> it's like, well, you, you should have known he was dead for the beginning. <laughs> Just, there's some pretty. There's, you could be like me and hope I was wrong. Maybe I'm lying to you. Maybe I'm lying to you. And he survives at the end.
0: <laughs> there is some pretty hilarious projection that she does when she talks about like you know being a lazy art student, where she's just like, "Listen, parents everywhere, if you' if your kid tells you they want to go to art school, be warned. <laughs> All art students are lazy motherfuckers." <laughs> Who can't get their heads out of the clouds? They never do anything,
1: they just want to want
0: to goof around, and that's it. That's all any of them do. And it's like, I mean, that's all you did, <laughs> whatever.
1: But she worked with uh, other kids, I guess. She's like saying, like, the other she kids did. were very similar to that as well. And there's just fun people she's met throughout her life as well. Like, she'll just there's tell just stories. Na- there's
0: nice little stories that she has, like, you know, just very real dumb little stories about people that she meets like oh yeah there was this older there was this older student at the school who had this one jacket i got well, i went to a class reunion the, the, uh, recently he was still wearing the same jacket 20 years later <laughs> I, I i love
1: the one where there's like a, a male student and he's bragging about like the curry he makes And he invites a bunch of the, like, female students over to his place, and he lives in, like, a one-bedroom that's, like, half art, so there's nowhere to sit. They're all just, like, scrunched up against one of his canvases, and then he serves them this famous curry, and they're like, okay, and he's like, yep, I make it just like the box says. And they're all like, boys are fucking stupid, (laughs) these dumb idiots have no idea how to cook, and are just impressed by the one motherfucker (laughs) who knows how to read it and follow instructions of the box. (laughs)
0: yeah it's it definitely feels real while you're reading it just the amount of dumb little details like that uh and the amount of you know like self criticism that she does duly knows like look there is no way that she is making this stuff up because (laughs) she is putting herself on blast (laughs) through a lot of this um and you know, some stories that people have to tell are just very, very interesting in that way. If you are able to just really delve into the emotion of that, uh, so in that regard, yeah, it's 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 very well done. Uh, I don't think that I emotionally resonated with this series nearly as much as you did, uh, but from my more cold-hearted perspective, you did. It's so good.
1: <laughs> you didn't add at least five beans to the bean jar. I don't think I cried while reading this. So. You're a you're you're a monster. You're a stone hearted monster. I don't understand. I, I like legit. Maybe I also take estrogen. So I guess that applies a little bit to it. Nick, you start taking regularly estrogen for about a year and a half, and then we'll see if I, you don't cry throughout this manga i think that
0: i will just forfeit that back Quinn.
1: <laughs> all right you owe me one hundred fifty thousand dollars, just like the ah! i
0: <laughs> uh, walked into this
1: no uh-huh
0: but uh yeah guys uh if what we've talked about uh, is not scared you away from checking it out yes as quinn said earlier the series is available through seven seas entertainment if you want to check it out in english uh I should, I should note, uh, to end things on a much more lighthearted note, uh, the English title for this series is Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist Journey. It is nothing at all akin to a literal translation of the title. The title literally translates to so-and-so, such-and-such. Uh, the Japanese title, I should say. But if you say it in Japanese, it's kaku-kaku shikajika, which is much more fun to say than Blank Canvas. So.
1: Yeah. All right, we have manga to talk about. We you have do. Like a full collection of manga to talk about. Well, not full, well, you missing well, one piece in My Hero. Uh,
0: yeah, no My Hero to start with, and no One Piece to conclude on. So we're going to start things off with, with Undead Unluck. What yes, me,
1: Undead Unluck, this is number 160. Welcome to Earth. So last time... Welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah, last time Phil got this uh, doll artifact that's name I completely blanked on. Um they told us last week i've forgotten anyway he's like a doll artifact boy now
0: wasn't it like memory or something or it was in trust
1: something like that i can't i honestly i just forgot uh, I in truster brack- <laughs> Oh, that's right, because we did a finger eleven joke. Because it's like paralyzer, but it's it's not really. It's just a now like a verb no. that I added like an er to. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Phil has burst this thing. Uh The group is like, all right, cool. Phil, get on the ship. We can get out of here now. Uh, but then the queen like lurches into action, and I'll be honest, it took me a really hard time to distinguish this art. Uh, I guess. The queen kind of catches the ship in, like, one of its, like, little uh, chitin pieces of armor, whatever you'd call it. Like, its little scales. And it's latched on to, like, shit. We can't, like, we can't open the escape hatch. Like, we can't get anybody on board the ship. And Phil, like, le- like immediately shoots into action. He's ready to do this. Uh, Nico's like, no, we've already seen that there's nothing that can really take this guy out. Like, that surprise attack from the inside was the only thing that was effective on it. Uh, but then Fuqua's like wait no I think I get it those things react to feelings and Phil has unfeel so they are not on guard for him at all and he can land an attack and he turns his arms into two giant blades and they're giant scissors now and he's like wait a minute that's right nothing's worked on except the door managed to slash uh, cut those one of those things in half so sheer stress is the only thing that works against them bravo Phil my boy and he just cuts the queen in half
0: it's uh it's actually really satisfying uh to see it happen because you know last time we had the thing and i know like i don't know if i'm really into this whole big, you know moment that phil had him turning his arms into giant (laughs) scissors and cutting the thing in half like yeah all right that's pretty great and i do really love that they did in fact foreshadow that this was the weakness of these things with a door cutting one in half seemingly randomly yes
1: Uh, it's very, very cool. Phil gets back on board. They're like, all right, we can we can head out here now. Chitin. Uh, all right, well, now I know what i It is. Uh, I th- I've only ever seen it uh, on armor. I've only ever WoW. seen it written down. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever read it in books. Uh, so they're like, all right, cool, let's launch this down, and they're headed back. But at this point, Chica calls and is like, hey, something's wrong with the trajectory. Nico Amelia is like, yeah, it's because these two doofuses got on board. I'm sorry about that. She's like, No. <laughs> It's not that something is latched onto the ship and you won't even be able to deploy your parachute right now. Like, your calculations are no good. And they note, like, oh shit, it's the eggs. Those things, like, must have placed eggs all over our ship. And we're fucked now. We can't open our parachute. If our trajectory is wrong, we could land in a city and, like, hundreds could die. And in that moment, Phil has already left the ship again. And he's fucking like Astro Boy holding this this ship up and changing the trajectory on its own. And Everyone's like, no, you're going to die. What can we do? They're like, we can't really do anything until we're out of the atmosphere. No one will survive outside of that besides him. And we get this little flashback of Phil and his mom. And he's like, hey, when all this research is over, can we go to Earth and his mom... Which I really wish they had given her a name, because I just say Phil's mom all the time. Uh, she's just like, yeah, even Felissa, Fel, Felicity, uh, is no <laughs> Okay, Felissa is just like, yeah, even if someone tries to stop us, we're gonna do it. And Phil's just like, oh, then maybe I can make some friends who could play Ayatori. And she's like, oh yeah, I know you're going to. I'm sure there will be people who can count on you and will support you as well. Um, uh-huh. they reached out of the atmosphere. Now immediately Fuko and Gina jump into action. Fuko is like helping to destroy some of the, bu- like the little eggs and Gina's out there fighting, but they realize that Phil is falling apart at this point. He's literally just mm-hmm. breaking apart. So Gina takes off her visor, pulls off her glove and grabs onto Phil with her hand because she says, if I touch him, Phil's body won't change. It won't crumble. But Fuko's like, his body is super hot right now. You're yeah. going to burn your hand. She is screaming. She's like, ah, this is really painful. But she also notes, hey, Phil, now you can go overboard and be okay. Put the pedal to the metal. Just believe in me, no? In us in the union. And we get like a montage kind of of everybody else like doing the big grin. Phil Amicia, whatever her name is, is crying, but even Sean's just like, yeah, your kid's gonna be okay. They're gonna make it to Earth. They're going to. Boom, crashes into the middle of what I assume is a river because there are trees on both sides. It's a very deep river, I guess. Uh, and immediately Phil's mom jumps out of the escape the hatch. She's like, I gotta find Phil, I gotta find Phil. Uh, we see Fuko, who's worried for a moment, and she, like, sighs in relief as Gina has, like, floated up holding Phil, and she gives a big thumbs up, and we end with a big two-page spread as Fuko confidently says... Welcome to Earth, and there's a. And big... then she shoots the, and
0: then she stomps the alien in the head. Yeah, <laughs> <Cash>
1: crush. <laughs> uh it's very, very sweet.
0: Yeah, it's a satisfying conclusion to the the, the mini Phil arc. Uh, I I really like the moment that uh, that we have with Gina. Uh, I do like that you know we've got this you know bond that's that's kind of been forged between Phil and some members of the team now to really introduce him into the fold. Uh, And, and, you know, it just it does feel like very emotional and big when it's happening. I get this like kind of vibe of like, oh, this is the part where like, you know, the song with vocals plays when he's like holding the ship up and thinking about like how it's what it's going to be like to have friends and stuff. Uh, It's very sweet. It's 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 bizarrely innocent for the stuff that we have seen come before it which because just like
1: yay we're gonna have friends now
0: <laughs> that's yeah. just kind of it it's nice. i mean
1: it's it's interesting because phil is someone who we still know almost nothing about what the other world was like but this felt very mm-hmm. close at least maybe not in terms of quality but in terms of like tone to uh when we had voids arc where it was like we saw like sort of the difference we saw everyone kind of step up to the occasion. And then it was like this moment of like, hey, here, we're going to recruit you by kind of helping you come to terms with some of your <laughs> insecurities and things like that." As like a right, big welcoming right. moment into our group. So even though we don't know, like there is a relief of knowing like. I don't think Phil's mom made it in the last loop, and you do he yeah, seem to, it's like a very sweet thing for, to know that he has his mom in this world it's, it's nice.
0: yeah it doesn't doesn't count anymore we we hit the reset button death has no meaning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get to, we'll talk about that series in a little bit, Nick
0: oh boy so <laughs> yeah it was it was a good, it was a good ride and, and I'm glad that it, it, things picked back up from uh from where I was a little bit disheartened last time let's talk about chainsaw man (laughs) chapter 131 (laughs) taste of crap uh last time as denji and asa were riding the chainsaw motorcycle uh the demon thing that the falling devil was trying to feed them to reared up in front of them and um the only way that denji really has to avoid it is to just kind of like turn the motorcycle sideways so that it kind of sticks in the thing's teeth for a second uh, and the falling devil comes up and says I did say diners who don't finish their food must die but the food isn't supposed to be able to run I love this she love points a finger
1: the food isn't supposed to be able to run mm, mm.
0: points her finger and forces Denji and Asa to fall into the devil's mouth and it swallows them both and uh, the Falling Devil approaches and says, How is the taste of humans steeped in fear? And the two of them just kind of look at each other for a beat. And then the devil goes, Bruh! And vomits both of them up. Just horribly. Just There's so much gross crap <laughs> coming out of its maw when this happens. And the Falling Devil gets really, really upset. And she says, I made that meal with love.
1: How dare you throw it up? Die! (laughs) It fucking like laser from Earth nukes this thing. (laughs) Or from space nukes this thing. She hits
0: it with something so hard that it vomits up its own intestines and dies immediately. Yeah, Uh,
1: Fujimoto is writing this series. Yeah.
0: And uh, so, but importantly, of course, Asa and Denji were vomited up, and they're collapsing a heap on top of each other, both clearly totally out of it. And uh, the Fine Devil takes a moment and realizes what has happened, and she turns and bows and says, "I sincerely apologize. I failed to feed Asamitaka to the diner, and it's famine, of course." Famine just says, okay, return. And the falling devil falls apart and kind of just burns away and just turns into, you know, a bunch of body parts that she had been summoned from. So Fami picks up this idol of some sort that appears to be like... Like a Power Rangers, like shrunken idol yeah. version that you summon the main monster from, uh, of the falling devil. So she picks it up and is holding it in her hand, and she says, "How'd you make the devil barf them up? Control." And Naota is there, of course. Of course, she is, and she says, "I just made it control the devil's brain a teensy bit to make humans taste like literal crap." And that was, and there is a chain that is. Trailing out of the devil's head, the diner devil's head, and uh, so she asks famine, like, "Why are you after Denji and the girl, sis?" Hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> famine says, "Nostradamus' prophecy is coming true." Hey,
1: <laughs> the guy from Blank Space, maybe, maybe he gets it in this universe. He doesn't have to. He doesn't uh, owe the hundred fifty thousand.
0: That's right. Uh, she says the ultimate terror will soon descend on this world if that happens the age of humans will end ushering in an age of devils and Naito says well that sounds like fun and Famine's like no I don't want it if an age of devils comes things like pizza and Chinese food will cease to be no <laughs> so, so of course Famine's like I don't want these foods to go away and Naito's like no more pizza no <laughs>
1: Spoken like a true six-year-old or a role she's supposed to be.
0: (laughs) And Famine says, yes, it's the worst scenario imaginable. No more pizza. Uh, And she says that at this rate, neither you nor Chainsaw Man can stop the prophecy, but War Devil could be made to win, possibly. And so Naita's like, well, then why'd you just try and kill her? And Famine says, no, no, no. My only intention was to starve war inside the devil's belly. I can turn the starved into my pawns. Work with me control. With our strength combined, the age of devils may not arrive. And there's a little pause. And Nayota says, no way. Why not? Because I have school. We immediately cuts her
1: camera oh, class. Her. Good. This is one of the funniest fucking things, and she's so annoying in school as well. Like Rachel is. Me, me, call her <laughs> me, call her me. 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 <laughs> I fucking. I fucking so much. It's so stupid but funny. Um. This is a great chapter. This is so funny. It's like a lot of cool lore being like dropped off right now. Like, hey, ooh, you know, the, the connection of like, oh, uh, control Nayuta is potentially like another one of these four horsemen, uh, sort of devils and all these things. But just the hilarity of no way. Cause I have school. And the funniest way to end that is a hard cut to her in class the next day. <laughs>
0: I think that my favorite part of it is just the look that Famine gives her response to this. Just the ultimate, like, you have got to fucking be kidding me. Are you serious <laughs> right now? Think of the pizza,
1: Nayuta! <laughs> <laughs> I have school! <laughs> they don't always let us have pizza in school.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, there's so much that is, like, so much lore, so much like, oh my god, so this is what's been happening. So many cool little moments, like the fact that, that uh, Famine apparently... Has just controlled the falling devil into doing all this stuff. Uh, the idea that, oh, so that was what was happening when they were trapped in the aquarium before she was just trying to starve Asa enough for her to fall under her control. Uh, and <laughs> then just to end it all on that note of just Naida being the brattiest little kid is
1: like, no, I gotta go to school. <laughs> You gotta go to school, which I'm awesome at. Yeah, which I fucking love. <laughs> oh, oh, boy! really, really funny chapter. Good stuff.
0: Yes. Let's continue it with another awesome chapter. Oh because it's it is it is Ian Zero next, right? No, it's great. Kaiju number eight. And then we have. Oh my three. God. Thank God. <laughs> thought,
1: well you were like, Oh I, thank God. You said great, I was like, I was like, it's no okay it's Kaiju right. number eight chapter. I don't know if I lost my mind over it or anything.
0: For a chapter that focuses on Narumi. Yeah. It's, 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 all right. We get, we get a flashback chapter involving Narumi in chapter number 86 of Kaiju number eight of when he was, you know, just kind of a loser recruit who could never get, uh, the Captain Iharu, not Iharu, fuck. What's uh? Oh, god, I've forgotten Kikoru's family name. Oh well,
1: Isao, something.
0: Isao, Isao. Cool. Yeah, so you could never get Captain Isao to, you know, like acknowledge him. He was always just like, "Well, you sure suck. You're sure incompetent." And so now Narumi is, uh, you know, fighting against this water kaiju guy. He can't use any of his abilities. He can't use his uh, foresight, electro, you know, impulse reading things. Uh, and so, you know, he tries to use one of his techniques. And the guy's just like... I know that one. Number one was called the future psychiatry, but the truth is it's just pseudo foresight. You just read the electrical signals in your target's body and use that to predict their movements. You can't actually predict the movements of an inorganic threat that homes in on you automatically. Uh, and on top of that, he's this, this thing has, you know, just in keeping up with the fact that Narumi is this incredible close quarters combatant. And he's just like, yeah, I know that too. And just, Blocks the, the slash that Narumi unleashes, he goes for another one. Where he's like, yeah, no, this move too. Look, I know all your techniques. He just lists all them off. After all, I was given Isao Shinomiya's memories. And he does this like double punch thing in order to knock Narumi on his ass. And he says, you know, this is a letdown getting Narumi. There are words in my memories that I will deliver in place of your master. I don't need an incompetent officer. Die here. <laughs> just go like you're mad, such a disappointment. <laughs> you're such a disappointment. Uh and uh I was like, yeah, if it has even Isao's memories. Isao who who died <laughs> like Kikoru's mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, this dude really needs to like get his shit together.
0: <laughs> then there is nothing that Narumi can do and there's just a little <laughs> And just a little laser bullet just hits hits the kaiju. And it's like, all right, just grazes me. It's just a fluke. And uh, Nerumi says, there's no need to give me that look, Mr. Isao. And he's just kind of like glaring at the specter of Isao, who is, you know, in the background, leering over the actual opponent that he's fighting. And he says, I'm going to wow the hell out of you. And he just immediately charges in and chops the thing's hand off. <laughs> and that's where the chapter ends.
1: It is it is like a cool thing, like hey, I'm gonna go beyond and show you a little bit about how cool I am and whatnot. Uh and I do like the image of like he is facing down his mentor Sal's sort of memory slash persona a little bit. Like he has seen like kind of a visage of him fighting this this thing. Uh so I think that's kind of cool. It's still not like my favorite character so there's like an up like a ceiling to how much i can kind of get hyped for this but this is good i think actually
0: Hmm. all right let's talk about spy family Uh and (laughs) and see if i can make sense of what happens here because there's so much
1: neither of us really seem to have any uh recollection of
0: so this chapter introduces us mission 81 uh introduces us to winston wheeler (laughs) Uh, Who is in Wistalis intelligence, but is also a uh, spy put there by Ostania, uh, and has been passing Western secrets to them. And when you get this kind of like lowdown, as uh, Fiona and Lloyd are being driven uh, to, you know, work on this case of like, oh, you know, the spy purge that has happened. Uh, And there's a, there's a nice note actually that where Lloyd says like, I actually, you know, worked a mission with him once. Uh, He's, he's really talented. Uh, And so, but they're told by mustache agent guy who is kind of recurring whenever, like the actual larger spy organization gets involved in the story. He says that Wheeler is not the only mole in the game. We've got our own guys digging away at Eastern bureaus, but be careful because their agents are well aware that wise is getting in the way, blah, blah, blah. Uh. And, uh, so they say like, okay, well, you know, we may need to consider stopping all our active operations in the East, including operation Strix, uh, and just, you know, start fresh later. Uh, that's what Fiona's suggestion is. And, uh, Lloyd's like, no, nah, if we do that, then it would take years before we could get that close to Damien, uh, to, to, to Desmond rather again. And the handler has ordered us to recover the file. So that's what we've got to do. Uh, and uh, then they enter into SSS territory in northwest Astadia, and also Yuri is there undercover, and uh, you know he's he's there with several other undercover agents. They're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna we gotta meet up with this guy in order to uh, get get stuff from him. Lloyd and Fiona start like disguising up as well to head into the scene. Uh, Winston Wheeler. Uh, gets uh contact uh for, regarding a meeting he gets in disguise and approaches yuri just immediately spots him and he's like hey you knew you and your recruit hey just act normal and yuri's immediately like how the fuck does he know i'm a member of the sss did, did, wait a minute no 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 he might not be the real winston wheeler it could be twilight in disguise but then he sees that uh he's wearing a gemstone tiepin and a green tie. It's really him, because you know, like there's no way that no anyone one else could would know. No one would know that to wear that tie. So uh Wheeler tells him, like, look, tell your superiors that this hotel has a serious rap problem and I'm changing the location. Meet me in this park in 30 minutes. Uh and uh yeah, it's like Fiona and Lloyd and uh, the other spy realize, like, shit, this guy somehow sensed that we were here waiting for him. And instead, he's changed the meeting location. So we can't get close to him. And uh, Wheeler approaches a heavily scarred guy in a suit. I don't know if we've ever actually seen him before, but I don't think so. I don't think.
1: But I could and, be wrong.
0: And uh, the guy congratulates Wheeler on a job well done. And that's where we end the chapter.
1: Yeah, um, I don't like I I don't know what I can really say. I guess Winston Wheeler seems kind of cool, but it's tough to really say too much about this because this is all kind of set up for things. Um, I'll be curious to see where things go from here, I guess.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no jokes in this chapter. There's there's no
1: silliness. This is this is this is straight spy.
0: So, yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Let's see how long this not very amusing stretch lasts. I guess. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, Now let's talk about some Eden Zero, Nick. Of course, we have to pull out our phones for this. However, we may not need to, Nick. They have a new web client for K Manga, uh, and you can even get a subscription for it. Now, the subscription isn't like to read all the manga; it's just to buy K points at a regular. (laughs) (laughs) interval uh so it's 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 the same thing but if you do want to read through the um website you can however i don't think it links to the phone per se i I don't know if it links to the mobile version exactly just
0: separate accounts that you have
1: (laughs) i think i'm not 100 certain i haven't tried it yet i'll honestly probably just keep using my phone because it's like an extra level of all this stuff to have to like handle anyways this is eden zero chapter 241 flight of the valkyrie uh valkyrie is on the cover page she wore pants that go halfway up her butt i don't
0: know how they're supposed to stay on. (laughs) i
1: I assume they're not supposed to i I think in the discord i likened this to the skull graymon evolution of like that 90s trend of thong pants (laughs) right right (laughs) like this is just a slightly more evil and uncomfortable version of that um it's okay, Nick. She gets to look very cool in this chapter. Uh, so, of course, we open with everyone's favorite foot fetish, Zhao Mei, who says, <laughs> I'm so glad to see everybody. I'm back to explain the plot. This was my favorite thing of the new universe, is like there was very little Zhao Mei, uh, but we're jumping forward so quickly. They were like, You need a little Zhao Mei to understand what's happening. Um, weirdly, I don't think we need this recap. We we caught up, I guess. In so this much,
0: just what this is just the last chapter, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, this really isn't capturing like a whole bunch of information. Uh It's just telling. And us- also,
0: she she skips over the point of like how supposedly confusing the 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 xenolith inside something something else's body is because like actually it's not complicated at all. He's just inside this little guy, oh,
1: and man. that's just it. He's just inside this little man now. Uh, but we do know that Shiki and uh, Shora are headed towards Poseidon One. However, first, we cut over to Clean, who's looking out the window. Sister comes up, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I know you had never met Mueller in this world, but in the last one, and Jin's like, no, don't remind her. But she interrupts. She's like, no, I'm fine, sister. Thanks to you, because you magically undid my trauma. It doesn't exist anymore. I'm okay now. <laughs> uh, but Jin is like, no. Not I'm. I'm okay. not okay. I'm not fine. I'm. I never got the chance to beat the shit out of this guy in the last world. Um, we cut over to Laguna, who's walking, who I guess regained his memories. I don't remember if there was like a scene for that, but he's walking around like he knows everything. So I guess he he's remembered the other universe. Uh, when he runs into Witch, and his entire page is very weird. We see like it's a, so a sh- strange. We see like a shot of Witch, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but the art doesn't look right. Like I. Someone had to say it was which for I was like, oh, yeah, I know she doesn't have a little mask on, but like beyond that, it's uh, the arts a little weird. Her face is wider
0: than it usually is, I think.
1: Yeah, there was a little extra space given for her bangs. Uh, then we cut to just the top left corner of Weiss's face that says, oh, yeah, we haven't told you yet. She's alive in this world. I don't know why you would frame a shot like that. You could literally do anything, but it's like Weiss's face. And then Hermit, with a little shitty eating grin, is like, "Valkyrie's alive too, in case you cared." And I'm like, "I guess this is meant to be comedic, but it's just kind of mean." <laughs> like, there,
0: there is no connection between Laguna and Valkyrie. There is. So, so it's, it's really weird that there's calling this attention to is like, yeah, Valkyrie too, in case you cared. And it's like. Laguna has not reacted to witch's presence yet until after this moment. Like if we so there is an emotional reaction that happens after this. And if he had had the reaction and it was like, oh, I'm so glad to see you again. And then Hermit shows up and like, yeah, Valkyrie's alive, too, in case you cared," Then it would at least be like, oh, you're having this reaction over someone in our crew being dead, but not this other person who was dead in the other universe. It still would have been weird because, again, Laguna has no connection to her. <laughs> he has all. no
1: reason to really know who this person is. It's sort of like you date someone and you found out like, Oh, their dad died like seven years ago. You're just like, I understand this is a significant thing for you, but like, I never, I don't have any personal, I don't know. It just felt shitty and mean. Anyway, looking is right. very happy. Uh, Ha- happy makes a remark now the gang's all here and then pino's like actually we haven't found couch Labilia, or connor and why is like well we actually probably need connor but i don't think we actually need the other two in fact it might be kind of cruel to add them to the ship because <laughs> <laughs> guys <laughs> they weren't really like combatants or anything <laughs> Couchpo is the stomach of the eden zero come on we're gonna get to that you know any day um uh, Rebecca laments, like, originally the plan was to go to the Ikino Cosmos to find instructions on how to find Mother, but they note, like, well, we're not gonna abandon Xenolith in this thing. Uh, Eggbot little girl has come along, she's now okay with Xenolith and the Eggbot body. Yeah, they
0: just got done talking about, like, we shouldn't pick up Lobelia and Couchbow, there would be no, no point to it. It's like,
1: anyway, let's take this tiny child with us! They do note that, like, she didn't want to leave them, but, which is also, like... We're about to go into war. Maybe we shouldn't have brought the young child along just because she was gonna miss a friend. Uh, Shura contacts them, just like, hey. She also she also holds Xenolith uh,
0: Eggbot in a really weird way by like not gripping him with her hands, but by just kind of like holding her elbows in front of herself to oh, squeeze. Like,
1: she's doing some she's doing some exercise. She's trying to get some yeah. refs in. She's trying to break yeah. Eggbot.
0: When I become another, when I become an adult hero female character, this will be a really good pose for me to
1: practice. Yeah, the muscle mommy fetishists will go wild for this. Uh, It'll be a cover page. Uh, Sure, contact's like, hey, you guys stay out of this. We're going to handle all this. Uh, But boom, suddenly the radar lights up. The entire Imperial fleet is coming at them and is targeting them with their lasers like shit. Even like Prince Shura's vessel, like oh, they must be controlled by AI. Like this is really bad. Evasive uh, maneuvers, but they don't have time. However, boom! Eden Zero flies in front, activates their shield, protects everybody. Works out great for everybody. Um, Shiki's like, hey, we've got you covered. Everybody into battle positions. And the standout from all of this is Valkyrie, the sword of Eden, is ready to fight. Now, Nick, in the previous universe, Hamor was the swords of Eden and when they fought they got into like a big mech suit um valkyrie doesn't need that she just fucking jumps straight into space and she's like and just slashes up a whole bunch of things uh it's probably cool if you like valkyrie um that's all i really have to say about that uh
0: nah, no quinn there was missing there was a moment missing where she could have transformed into a weird fetish sheep suit of armor in order to do this i but, mean she, she did, did so. <laughs> She transforms uh, no, I into mean di- no, 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 a different fetishy suit uh, of armor. I
1: yeah, mean. a leotard with a giant open breast window isn't uh, fetishy enough. She could have dressed like a cat girl.
0: She could have transformed into one, slashed a bunch of things, and then transformed into another suit of armor, and then people could have said, "Well, that's Valkyrie." And uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, the end. Of the, there also is a moment with the member of Oceans being like, "Oh wow, they beat us up, and they weren't even trying." These guys are so cool. I, I guess ocean sucks in this world. Anyway, we end the chapter by cutting back to over to the temple where Dr. Mueller is uh, giggling with glee to himself as he has found the 20,000 Imperial antimatter bombs. And if he uses his gravity powers, he can use them to travel through time. Bump 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 bum, bum. bum, 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 bum.
0: I think that I'm actually getting to the moment where I'm actively resentful of Eden Zero and how it's been <laughs> u- doing things in this uh, in this new universe. Uh, I think that the, the chapter starts off actually kind of okay um, in terms of you know some of the stuff that gets covered. I, I'm glad that we got past the point of the girl just being like upset at Z- at Xenolith, you know, <laughs> taking over the Eggbot's body. That's just no longer a thing. Um, I think that it's nice that there was an emotional you know reaction. Of some kind from Laguna at the prospect of being reunited with somebody from the, the crew at all because he was just kind of being a you know blank faced prick up to this point, Um, but honestly I actually am just kind of angry that. We have Homura but better doing stuff and Homura thus doesn't do anything. <laughs> like that's just, you know, like Homura was like trying to live up to her master and fulfill and fill her, you know, the void that she had left in her death by, you know, becoming that part of the crew and she had all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, and Valkyrie's just alive now, so what do we need Homura to do stuff for? Uh as someone who was kind of connected to that story, the fact that the story has been thrown away and now she also doesn't have anything else going on except a really bad romance a ro- romance that is not romantic at all. Uh, it's, it actively pisses me off at this point. Uh, so I don't like this and I want this to stop.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I would like to get off this right. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. I won't say this is like the worst chapter or anything like that. It's just like one where you're like, okay, Hamora Kind of is weirdly replaceable, I guess. We're setting up Jin to maybe do something, which is cool because Jin has done like exclusively nothing throughout this fucking series. Uh, but we're gonna set up that like maybe he'll let the ang- his anger get like the better of him here or something like that. Um, but otherwise, it's you know it's kind of paint by numbers.
0: Yeah, yeah. But now we'll move back into the pages of Jump. We're gonna talk more about Akane Banashi. So, last time we saw the first contestant, the fourth guy in the competition. Hey, the fourth
1: guy gets on the cover page this week.
0: He is. It's 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 a kung fu uh, uh, kind of style thing with uh, all all of the different contestants doing you know, martial arts poses. It's it's, it's neat. Uh, so it's story 63, the worst compatibility. Zenmai was the first person to go out there and uh, do his thing. And uh, he only got a 75 total out of 100 as a result of this weird judging panel where all the judges have different criteria that they're focusing on, uh, including, you know, online and live audiences. And so he feels really bad. And he's like, uh, it's not bad, but I guess it's not good, but it's not good either. And he's just really stressing out about it. That kind of comes by as like, here, have some tea. He's like, What are you, you pitying me? You saw that pathetic excuse of a performance. And he's like, No, it was really good. It was a really good rendition. And somebody's like, No. <laughs> she just immediately stops being angry about it. He's crying and taking the tea and stuff. And, but Akane then is like in, in, in analysis mode. And she thinks that the problem is the judges, because of the way that the scores were all varied. I'm guessing that they're all looking for completely different things, just establishing that she is in on the thing that we had our journalism team. Focusing on last time, oh. and uh, so Akane thinks about this, and again, she and the journalist kind of realize like Kaichi probably has the worst compatibility for this type of test because the thing that got him through the first round was just really playing into the audience reaction, the volume of the laughter that he got. But if he reaches too hard for it, then that jur- that journalist guy who was really har- harsh on him. Is going to hate it and that's going to sink his score as a result. Uh, so, we, was, but the problem is the problem, not rather, is that doesn't guarantee he's going to lose because, as is pointed out, Kaichi was a top notch salesman, a man used to making numbers go up with his gift for gab. And uh, so Kaichi starts launching into a story after he takes the stage. And uh, he says there is a a recurring character in a lot of Rakugo stories named Yotaro, who is kind of a dunce. Uh, And he just launches into this story, which is Golden Bamboo. Yotaro works for his uncle's antiques shop and finds himself getting into trouble in humorous ways in this Zenza Banashi. So, you know, he just starts going into it. And he's like, Yotaro, why are you clipping the cat's claws? I'm just doing what you told me to, uncle. You've got to keep your nails trimmed. No, not you. You, not the cat. Oh, ha, ha, ha. And uh, so it starts off with like, okay, yeah, you know, the journalist is like, this is a this is a good choice because this is a great, very highly polished story. You don't need to add your own wrinkles and stuff. They're the funniest if you just stick to them as they are done traditionally. Stick to the fundamentals. Stay true to the roots. Uh, and Zenmai is under the impression is like, oh yeah, he's just gonna like play it safe for, for this. But I kind of realizes like, no, that's not what's happening. He's feeling the room. He's just trying stuff out and seeing what's, what, what gets a good reaction. And uh, so you know he goes into the next uh, you know joke, which is you know Yotaro's uncle is like, oh, take this bucket and clean out front. And Yotaro says, you know, starts like waving around, like, okay. It's like, no, no, you're gonna spill it. I said, spread the water about, just swing back and forth like this. And he starts like shaking his head back and forth. Oh, swing back and forth. Like, no, that's not what I mean. And then Yotaro says, oh, you mean like this? And he starts dancing. <laughs> Which I legit made me laugh when I, when I got to that point, just because of the faces that he's pulling while doing it, uh, and everyone suddenly realized, like, wait a minute, that part isn't in Golden Bamboo. And then uh, you, Ta- Kaiji starts improving more and more and getting more and more outside the bounds of the way the story is normally performed, and there's this realization, like. Not not only is he not scared and playing it safe because of the way that the last guy was scored, he's going even further. He is throwing in every single possible extra wrinkle that he possibly can. He's reading the room. He's adding more jokes if the crowd is receptive. That, that's something you would do at an ordinary show, but this is a competition. He's being judged. And Zenmai Real like, I mean, if you lean this hard into it, that judge has got to think and out loud. The journalist judge goes, this is stupid. <laughs>
1: immediately he became, like, just, became like, us sometimes or just like reading somewhere like this sucks. is dumb. I hate this.
0: And Kaichi with this big triumphant grin on his face, thinks to himself. I'm fine with that. I don't care about what he thinks about my performance. All I'm going for is the smiles of the customer. If everyone else is happy, then I'm happy too. It has to be that way because if I lose sight of the smiles to focus on the numbers, then what was the point of quitting sales in the first place? And we start to get a little bit of a flashback to when Kaichi was, you know, he was working in sales and marketing, just a guy in a suit working in an office, had this big trophy for being number one in yearly sales not looking too happy about it and looking at a little brochure advertising isho arakawa
1: mm-hmm. uh it's a fucking awesome chapter Kaichi is so cool it's such a funny chapter i love seeing his personality the art is so varied and expressive i love like the two panels back to back give us like 12 different expressions of kai chi that are all yeah. like, very different from each other and like it's it's just really really cool and I love like just glass be like ah, I hate this this is dumb this I don't like stupid.
0: this and I don't care yeah,
1: fuck you <laughs> just...
0: yeah a fun chapter uh, and uh, I really did like I I'm I feel like I'm going to enjoy like okay you know how is each person going to tackle this big task and make them feel very different from each other I'm excited yeah Ah, oh, Quinn, it's b bu- b bu- bu- blue box! Uh, character popularity poll results. Uh, there were close to 150,000 votes for characters, and Shinatsu got over half of them,
1: <laughs> so... It is wild. Every single person added up didn't equal how much fucking Shinatsu got. It's... Jesus. <laughs>
0: Chinatsu is, and also Chinatsu is almost is just further from Hina as Hina is from the next person below that. <laughs> so it's like Chinatsu seventy four thousand, Hina thirty three thousand, Taiki
1: six thousand. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was it was a real fight for third through fifth place. That was where there was a competition a little bit. Yeah. So
0: oh and Ayama got fifth place. Somehow Kyo got fourth, Rick, I guess. Come on. Kyo
1: Kyo, 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 Kyo! Uh
0: yeah. Um just a very, very, very <laughs> emphatic uh first place uh there. It's chapter one hundred and two of Blue Box. It's so beautiful. And uh, it's the morning of January fourth, which means that Taiki is going out and doing the uh, the ski trip with uh, with his teammates. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go up to Shiga Kogen in, Nag- in Nagano, uh, Nagano, sorry." And uh, and Taiki thinks to himself, "Like, Ginozu Senpai is in Nagano right now. I mean, we're gonna be two hours away from each other by train. It's not like we'll run into each other. So, not like I looked it up to." realize that or
1: anything yeah, it's like i've been factoring this in every moment of my day <laughs> and Not i will thinking. say never mind, carry on
0: okay uh we'll go over to uh chinatsu's family's place and then and, and she's you know like cozied up uh on on you know on under on the, on, on the uh the kotatsu uh and uh you know, she says, like, I'm trying to, you know, like, get up early so that I can shake off being, you know, lazy around the new year. Especially because, of course, you know, like, she's going to be going to practice and everything like that. Uh, uh, they establish the, what the timetable is for them heading back. And, uh, you know, her mother says, like, yeah, just take it easy until then. She's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and then her grandfather comes in. It's like, hey, I want to go smelt fishing with me today because the lake's frozen or we can fish for him there. Remember when we did that when we were little when you were little? Yeah. So. She now like yeah okay, and so she's gonna go out fishing with her grandpa, uh, and then we cut back over to Taiki's group on their trip, uh, and uh, Taiki looks up as they're you know like on, uh, going down the road in, in a bus and they are entering into Nagano, and he's like if we were to turn off here we would be heading for her grandpa's place, and I no no I gotta be I gotta be patient just gotta be patient. Be is finally useful. He gives him snacks. Good, good job.
1: Now I don't get. Now fuck this guy. I don't, I'm not giving nope. him an inch.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> They're probably the bad, bad kind of chips. He's,
1: he's gonna be. He's gonna drop like he's gonna be like, oop! Those snacks make the snacks are making me poop. We can't. We all yeah. go to the bathroom together.
0: Uh, Chinatsu's family arrives at the lake, and it's utterly covered in ice. We get this big two-page spread of just this, you know, frozen over lake. Uh, it's very pretty. Chinatsu is, like, kind of like hypnotized by it, and she steps out onto the lake. Uh, and uh, then uh, we... Meanwhile, Taiki's team arrives at the place where they're going to start skiing and stuff, and uh, Taiki just kind of is looking around uh, as uh, everyone's kind of like, uh, oh, th- there's a very awful thing <laughs> that <laughs> that you says, which is because she like belly flops onto the snow. He's like, there could be a stake where you just belly flopped. <laughs> he's, like, well, he's like, that's a horrible thing to say when it's so beautiful. And you're like, oh, I'll take a picture of this cool mountainside. And he's like, oh, I'm going to let you not to know that I'm kind of in the area. No, no, I shouldn't do that. I'll just, you know, it'll be kind of weird to I'll, I'll just talk to her at the time we agreed to when she gets back. Mm. And then he gets a photo from Chinatsu who couldn't resist sharing the beautiful sight of the lake with Taiki. And since it's just a picture is like, yeah, I'm at this place called Lake Konami to go smelt fishing. And Taiki thinks for a second as he starts to blush and he falls behind his group and he's like, I'm, I want to take a quick detour if it's okay. Uh, and, um, They're like, all right. And uh, Kyo offers to take his bags. Good old Kyo. Kyo. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, all right, just be careful. And he heads off, runs off, and he's just running. We end on this big two page spread of Taiki running. To see if he can find Shinatsu, like, come on.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I wanted to say, and I'll say it now. For all the hate I give uh Nishima or whatever his name is, bald headed jerk dude who cock blocks every scene, Kyo was a real one right there.
0: He Where, was or they
1: were like, no, we gotta go together. And he's like, nah, I'll take your bags, don't worry about it. <laughs> he's he was a cool dude right there, and I like that. Uh he's a real one, and you know what? I think it's okay for him to be fourth. Well, he should be fifth place. Let's be honest. Ayami is a lot cooler. <laughs> but still, <laughs> yeah, he he should he should I understand why he got votes.
0: Um. yeah so hey we might get uh, unexpected early meeting between the two of them maybe we'll see mm-hmm. guys but let's move on to Cypher Academy now it's chapter 25 of that one the road to war trophies
1: all starts also starts with a single step I have that motivational poster on my wall good to know <laughs> And I also uh. call myself the Code Emperor sometimes. <laughs>
0: Code Emperor. Yeah, there's a, kind of a weird shot of some of the members of Iroha's class all with, like, signs that are, I guess, stating their position, but, like, their future positions, I guess, are, like, goals to aim for. I don't know. It's uh, a little bit weird.
1: Yeah, I was confused. I guess this is, like, kind of, like, where they'll eventually get to. It's really confusing, because uh, Aroha is specifically the class-leading private, and right? that's given to Goggles Girl. Uh, right. So I'm assuming these are ambitions, or, like, where they're likely to end up, or something, I don't know.
0: I'm not sure exactly what the implication is supposed to be. Hiro has gone to meet up with the other class leading privates. He's got a glasses weapon on. Possibly the stupidest looking one yet. It's, this uh, is uh, it's,
1: Oboyo's one, isn't it? Oboros, uh, yes.
0: Ober- the, the color analyzing ones. Uh, so he's shown up in a, to a meeting with the other leading privates, you know, by a, a, a cherry blossom garden. Uh, and so the hat one, Kubinashi, uh, is like, oh, there you are. Uh, those glasses look good on you. Uh, meanwhile, of course, Kogoe and Toshisai are kind of using them to listen in on everything. And they're like, all right, well, what's going on here? Toshisai specifically says when Kogoe asks, like, didn't you want to like, go there, too? And she's like, nah, I've got people I don't want to run into. Shut up. Uh, and uh, she says, look, it, it'll be OK. He'll need to be able to withstand face to face. I mean, butt to butt meetings like these. So that was a really forced one, I'm sorry. I roll.
1: really, I so enjoy it, because she realized, she's like, we could never do face-to-face. <sighs> Fuck, I have one whole two for the day. Butt-to-butt meetings <laughs> like this.
0: <laughs> uh, but she also says, like, they've got a matchmaker.
1: Uh-oh. I think we may have lost Nick for a second there.
0: And see, Junko Ikusu comes up, and she's got a bottle that is labeled CH3OH. And immediately Iroha's like, methanol? Don't you go blind if you drink that? And Junko, to be clear, is staggering around like she is drunk. But she's like, there's just water inside! It's just a naughty bottle!
1: I love that she just walks and she's like, I just need a silly little gimmick. And I got it! Yep. You're like, okay, cool. Everyone needs their hobbies, I guess.
0: (sighs) So the other private start talking about stuff. One of them says like, okay, each of the leaders here has one of the six passwords needed for the update for the pickaxe glasses weapon meant to excavate the 50 billion morgue slumbering within Cypher Academy. And look, we're not going to like share stuff with each other. It's going to be, you know, winner takes all. Let's 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 just, you know, establish that we're going to do that. We're going to do a battle And I move that we enact a class versus class code battle. And uh, the teacher's like, okay. By the way, the Academy will never acknowledge the existence of those crypto assets. So let's make this an official code battle meant to decide the leader of the class leaders, the grade wide leader. And since there aren't any second or third years, the grade wide leader is basically the Academy general. So there's no other years in this school, I guess. Well, I guess it's a
1: new school, so they've only gotten a first year of students, basically.
0: Or the other two classes died horribly. That also could be true. (laughs) Uh, So essentially, they're like, yeah, I mean, if you win this, then you might as well just call yourself Code Emperor, basically. So, uh, yeah. So Junko puts down her bottle and says, like, OK, so uh, I'll consider all this stuff. And we get, like, big proper introductions to the other five leading privates. And as it turns out, each of the classes has, like, a specialty of some kind, mm-hmm. some of which are, like, OK, one of them is for information scrambling. All right. The, uh, the The other end of, like, code breaking stuff. That makes sense. One of them is undercover operations. Yeah one of them is the special mission class which seems v- way too vague yeah one of them is the dying message decoding class which i don't know why that's a specialty i was gonna
1: say what a sad specialty like we only get dying messages for people and
0: invalides yonakyu guisu is the leader of the telepathy class the, Excuse me?
1: <laughs> the fucking yeah, Nick, it's all your favorite food groups. Information scrambling, undercover operations, special mission, dying message, and Jinzo. <laughs> like they're all there.
0: <laughs> so each of them are all saying stuff, and they're like, okay, well, I I don't want this to be a round robin tournament. One of them says like physical competition and violence should be against the rules. Uh and one uh, of like yeah we should you know forbid all use of glasses weapons and is like oh they're all just quickly moving along without giving me a chance to say anything yoroha one of the girls said no comment when it was her turn to talk calm down it's okay uh but he makes a proposal which is like hey no matter which class wins no matter when, once the battle is over Let's all eat BAMKUSHEN here together! Because then, it doesn't matter what kind of cos or battles get thrown at us, it'll all be elementary to Class 1-A! Uh, and Everyone just kind of, like, stares at him.
1: I'm like, fucking, alright, Doc.
0: <laughs> so, Kogoi brings up, like, huh, you know, him throwing in that proposal. Don't you think that he's been, like, a bit too influenced by USI Mura, who was the one who proposed that they do that on their day off? and Toshisai says well Irohazaga has been influenced by everyone since he's our class rep we need him to be influenced by everyone uh she also brings up like there is at least one person present who is impervious to that kind of spirit but doesn't really go into further detail from there but ooh one of these ruthless codebreaker girls doesn't want to get along with, the good, with the everyone. Nick,
1: I'm going to go on a shocking. wild rim, limb. I'm going to say by the end of their interactions with Aroha, they're going to go along with it. <laughs> yes,
0: and it will honestly probably be great. So, <laughs> uh, so Joke goes in like, all right, let's decide the match for the next battle. And she puts down a fucking maze, like, you know, like this kind that you give to that you put in, like, you know, like a puzzle book, you know, it's like, hey, find the exit to the maze kind of thing, except it's got eight entry points. And it's like, yeah, so each of you choose one of these, and the person that your route leads to uh, is the one you'll be matched up against. Uh, that's how you'll find your fated partner. Also, there are two dead ends here. So if you choose one of those, you just lose the competition immediately. <laughs> you'll just be disqualified from this. So. Uh, Iroha Hazaka say, says, like, oh, you know, he's kind of like, not rather, uh, Toshisai says of Iroha Hazaka, like, he's always kind of like stumbled early to start with. Maybe that's his weak point, is that he's not a strong starter. So Kagoa is just like, well, that's okay. We're here to make up for his shortcomings. Let me just remotely activate uh, Oboro's uh, glasses. And she does this. And as a result, Iroha is made to see that the maze spells out MRG. Which he concludes, like, what? But she said that they weren't going to acknowledge the existence of the morgue because that's the only thing that MRG could possibly reference at all. Uh, one of the other class looking projects is then like, hey, classy pre- president guy, weren't you listening? You, oh, sign could go and, like analyze this. And then Hiroha just kind of like takes the glasses off and looks at her and is like, what are you talking about? You forbade the use of them during battles, but this is a pre-battle, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> and just is doing a full Yugata impression while doing this. And it's like,
1: alright, well, okay. Then. Fair enough. Go go off, king.
0: And as a result of this, he is matched up with Kubinashi uh, after choosing uh, his... Uh, his starting point so uh toshisai and kogoi have a little bit of a peanut gallery uh, analysis of this kogoi says i don't think this is really a happy result because something happened between class E's leader and omamura right so does that mean she's the person you don't want to run into toshisai and toshisai like that would be Riku kiyu san from class b she's the type of person i can't stand this person is a different matter. The four of us don't even want to see her face. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Class A versus Class C, e, which makes sense. Class C mm-hmm. e is the one that Iroha has had any form of connection to in the build up to this. Uh, I'm sure that probably Class C will be another one that will be a big deal because of the way that Invalidates made her presence known. Uh, but we'll see how this goes. Hey, more students are going to be introduced with their own gimmicks and stuff.
1: Uh, what's very interesting to me is uh, we got like a slight tease of the class B leader, uh, but they're facing a little psychic girl, who I feel like is the mm-hmm. only other character with any kind of the telepathy class girl. So I feel like I'm like, they can't get rid of invalidate data us Yus- Use uh, Usanagi or whatever her name is. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. Uh I think this was generally a good time. There's some setup for some stuff. Oh, it's a little silly. Yeah. Nick! Yo! Let's talk about something new, Nick.
0: You you mean a new sexorcist?
1: Let's talk about new sexorcist Chapter 3. Chapter 3! Of course, the sexorcist line said in jest this series... As chaste as they've come. I said as much last week when I was like, well, this series may seem to be about sex, but it's not just shoving boobs and butts into our faces the whole time. Absolutely. And I haven't not, finished Link. this chapter, but I will be slowly <laughs> sipping water, validating my opinion as we go through.
0: It's chapter three Forgetting Beam. Uh so hey our 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 our, our Yoshida. That's his name. Is going about his day. And you don't like, need to remember oh. his name. No, I said that I should help out people who are possessed by spirits, but I called out to someone who's possessed by spirit yesterday, and she looked disgusted at me, so I didn't do anything, and now she's
1: dead, like my dad! <laughs> he doesn't say that she's dead, but it would be wild if you was just like, I saw someone who needed help, and I got scared, so I didn't help her, and she's dead. Anyways... <laughs> i guess should keep trying because this person's also possessed by spirits excuse
0: me do you are you okay are you all right do you do you not feel good because there's a spirit haunting you and that makes you feel bad are you okay and uh, the girl that he's called out to is like i'm fine wait can you see this thing <gasps> so he's like oh yes let me get rid of it and he gets rid of it off off panel
1: yeah he's he's like i assume just waves his hand he's like get get out of here get out of here gross
0: so uh the girl's like wow you got rid of it cool and he's like uh yeah goodbye no 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 no, hold on hold on you're a first year at my school right yeah you helped me out so let's get lunch together it'll be my treat okay bye uh and new uh is has witnessed this somehow and she's like kakuro it's here the flowing start of your youth and he's like no 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 that's not what's happening and nui says like oh come on you know i'm going to just consider every word that comes out of your mouth a sense with a sense of giddiness so come on go 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 date her and stuff whatever it is you mortals do and all that uh and but she's like oh no she was just really nice. I can't assume that is like, no, it sounds like you're interested in her. How do you gleam that? I don't understand how you <laughs> how you think that he's interested in her. He's just like, no, I'm not worthy of hanging out with her. And and then she's and then he says something very depressing, which is, if I were a girl, I would never consider me.
1: Ooh. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is fucking humiliating to listen to <laughs> like I think Ninja said this in our discord he's like you can't make a character who thinks he sucks and then the audience agrees with him <laughs> this is a bad <laughs> plan cause I was like yeah I don't know anyone who would want to take this kid either he sucks so much and then
0: Nuez just just has to say like alright I won't raise the issue anymore god you're sad
1: Just <laughs> like holy shit get your shit together dog <laughs>
0: Uh, But she also says, like, hey, I think that you're the kind of person who gets stronger when you have things to protect. Uh, Later in the day, hey. He's like, I didn't
1: when my dad was being killed.
0: (laughs) Yoshia goes to the cafeteria for lunch. The girl shows up like, just who are you waiting for? Your girlfriend.
1: He's like, I get stronger unless they're kind of mean to me or give me a weird vibe, in which case I'd shake it out and leave them to their fate. That's what happened to my dad. He was like
0: (laughs) he was looking at me with desperation, but he also kind of had that I'm disapproving of you look about him, which my dad often looked at me with.
1: (laughs) He also beat me at Mario Kart earlier today and said I was a scrub. I'm not a scrub, but a scrub definitely would not help his dad when they were dying, so I guess I am a scrub. Can you hold me?
0: So, yeah, she's just like really friendly, like, hey, we're well, going to get some food. Yeah. Hey, let's have some ramen. And they, 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 they start eating together. And she is like, oh, I could do this. I need to finish eating around the same time. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, my dog, you're thinking way too much about this. Your mind. <laughs> it's so in your head. He's just like, after this, I'll just thank her for for eating with me. And that's it. That's all I'll do
0: is just I'll say, thank you, Senpai. And that'll be it. And then as they're finishing, she just says, hey, would you like to start in a club together? He's like, what? What's happening?
1: She wants to continue
0: associating with me? (laughs)
1: He really does. He's sort of like, she would like to continue being in part of my life. Ah!" Oh.
0: She's like, hey, I like occult things. You can see them, too. So let's do it. No, there's nothing good in this for you. No. But then he says out loud. Yeah, OK. Huh? what did I do? <laughs> uh, And the girls really excited, like, yeah, oh, you seem really shy. So I thought I would have to like really talk you into it. And he's like, no, I am shy. Why did I say those things? That wasn't me talking. <gasps> no, I took control of my body and forced me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> or didn't actually do that. She just she she did a magic trick, and she spoke with his voice, and she communicates with him psychically and says, Gakuro, if we start a cult club, that'll be good for us. And also, like, come on, like, make a friend, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it, well, it's, like, mainly just, like, we should find a place, like, we could create a place to help people who are being, like, troubled by spirits. He's like, but what if they give me a look that says, ew, I might just <laughs> leave them to their fate.
0: And he so the girl starts to go and it's like, Yeah, I'll come and pick you up at your classroom and stuff. And Nue is like, Yeah, she's she's a nice girl, Gakuro. Uh, this'll be great. Uh and he's like, Oh, alright, but if we're just go doing this for Nue's goal, I guess it's okay. Because then I won't be I won't be shaming her by being her friend. I should just stay focused on the job. And
1: for seemingly no reason, I, it's the girl, truly there is no reason this happens. Like, she's already turned. They're in a room. There's no wind. There is no reason why this happens.
0: Her skirt blows up, and he gets a nice, nice, clear look at her butt, uh, and he gets I, embarrassed. I like.
1: Truly... She handles
0: this. She handles this incredibly professionally. Like, because yeah. she literally is just like, oh. Flattened that down, sensed it happened, looks over her shoulder, sees that Yoshida definitely saw that, and she just points at him and kind of and kind of goes, uh, eh, forgetting me. Just it's just forget you saw that. Just yeah.
1: It is why wow, I don't know why this this took me so off guard. I've been reading manga for a very long time. I'm certainly not a stranger for seeing this, but in my mind, I was like, Oh, like I haven't um seen this in a series that isn't like Ayakashi Triangle or something <laughs> that's like deliberately etchy. Like, I was just like, I've never just seen the, like, wonton upskirt uh, underwear shot in so long. It, like, took me off guard. I was like, we could, we could, you, you still do those? Okay.
0: I understand what you mean. Like, when it's far more blatant and commonplace and, like, there there are situations where it's just forced in and a lot of the etchy stuff that we have read on, on this, on this show. Yeah, compared to that, it's just much more off-putting. It's like, oh where'd that come
1: from <laughs> I also got confused I thought she literally shot a beam through him
0: because he reacts like he shot she shot a beam through him and it's labeled the forgetting beam and so but it goes like, oh, through it
1: his chest not even his yeah. head where his brain and thus memories would theoretically be I was just like what
0: so it's like, oh, does does do, does she have powers? Or is like no, 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 that's just his reaction to her being really
1: cool and playful. And that But she does have powers, don't worry. She does. She, have does, she, she does have powers. <laughs> this is not them, I guess. Uh
0: so a- after class, uh I'm just going to call him Gakuro because that's a, that what he gets called all the time. He's going with the girl and she's like, yeah, so there's this there's a lot of empty classrooms that uh, around this school. So we'll just kind of use like a hard to find one for our club room and we can't turn in a club a- application with just the two of us. She's very clearly like thought these little details through for starting up a club uh. and uh, Gak- Gakuro is like, oh, I never thought things would come to this. Well, I'll take on whatever comes our way. So where's this confidence coming from, dude? <laughs> Where did this come from? Uh, but she looks at him and just kind of leans over, and is like, "Hey, are you kind of nervous?" Yeah, me too. Let's go to let's go, let's go check things out over there. Just like she's just like so nice and so observant, and it's just like just so friendly is just says all the right things to set someone at ease. just like, Hey, it's okay. I'm kind of nervous too. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Uh, and Gakura is like, I'm so embarrassing. That's the one that's sort of the vibe I was expecting. Yes. So, uh, she says like, Hey, thanks. Thanks for, you know, like approaching me. I can see these spirits too, but that's not something that, you know, anyone has the courage to do to approach me like that. Uh, You definitely know this, too, that the one possessing me this morning was one of those really annoying types. Driving them away isn't hard, but then your left arm hella hurts afterwards, so it's some kind of curse or something. And you knew that, and yet you still helped me. And she takes his wrist, which is, like, bruised up because he fell prey to, like, the parting curse of this spirit. And she's like, yeah, you like act like you were used to it. So I don't, like how you're acting as if it's crazy that I invited you to join. I think that you're an awesome guy. So don't think too little or too high of yourself. And Gakura doesn't really get a chance to say anything in response to this very shocking thing for him. uh, Cause she opens up a door to a room and is like, Oh, here we go. Spirits come pouring out uh, everywhere and start to surround her. And immediately, Gakuro has to jump in. He unleashes his power to, like, start attacking stuff. And he's like, Senpai, I was really happy when you invited me. Let's make it a cult club and be weirdos in the club together.
1: What's with his fucking face there? He's really like, I was really happy that you asked me to hang out with you. Oh, God.
0: And uh, she's like, yeah, let's go find a good club room. And she's like, yeah, I know. What do you think we're doing? And the then the spikes suddenly burst up around the spirit as boots appear on the girl's legs and she says yeah this classroom is really nice now that's free of spirits oh do you know about exorcists they only exist in this town and Gakuro remembers the advice that Nua gave to him, which is like, yeah, the exorcists are the town security force and stuff. If you happen to meet a good one, you should befriend them. And the girl introduces herself as Kazuza Suo. And Suo says, I work as an exorcist. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, okay, makes sense. Okay, so. <laughs> God, Gak- Gakuro sucks. Um, yes. Quinn, it's chapter three.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: The series is not good. No, it's not. I kind of want to read it anyway. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes.
0: This is such a consumable, not tiring piece of garbage series. Like, I feel like I could easily read through this and we could just have a, a, an easy time making fun of it. Like, this is bone collection on easy mode <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, we've had fun even in this chapter where there's not much going on. I'm still able to just pick out jokes because the, the protagonist is so unlikable mm-hmm. that it's really easy just to like get on board with how dumb and goofy this series is it's now started to like for some reason it's like just a little horny just a little bit uh the art is still a little bit on the rough edge it just seems like it's gonna be fun i don't know i I I had so much fun the last two chapters maybe i'm just riding that momentum
0: What's going to be really weird is uh, when uh, people see Suo hang out with Gakuro, uh, and uh, he has to be like, Oh, she's my sister who's not related by blood.
1: Uh." (laughs) He just says that to every girl he's with. He's (laughs) like, Ah, this is the lady at the coffee shop I go to. She's my sister, but we're not related by blood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's move on to Tenmaku Cinema, Chapter 7
1: this
0: the director's job chapter seven uh yeah so after all the location scouting that uh hajime and karai did last time uh it's the whole team is heading out this time and we get a little bit of a flashback just to remind us of like, hey, when Hajime was young, he was sick all the time. And that was why movies meant so much to him. Just like a little bit of a reminder there, which legitimately, I had forgotten that detail about him because it had not really been brought up since like the first chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, Tenmaku, of course, is floating along, too. Uh, and uh uh, we established that Tenmaku did not get a lot of sleep because Hajime kept on waking him up to ask for more advice about if he had prepped enough for the shoot. So it's a reversal of when he kept up on waking up Hajime in order to play more movies and stuff. We get more into you know the details of like you know when Hajime was was young, he would just you know he would just do some, he would just watch movies to have something to do. It was the only real like outside connection he had and something that he wanted to be a part of. And he's like, this is happening for the first time I'm shooting a movie. It's just nice to have that extra meaning added in there of like, Hey, this is, you know, just a dopey little student film basically that they're going to be making, but it means a lot to him. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, he's kind of like letting himself soak in the moment until his friends call him over and and stuff. Uh, So there we get to a point where they're like doing some rehearsals and stuff. And they ask, like, oh, wait, who's going to play the other roles? Tenmako asks him this. And is like, yeah, the guys are going to do that while well, they're also doubling his staff. Uh, so, like, we're going to have, you know, Akitsu, you know, he's probably the best to like handle audio production because he's in a band. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's, like, commenting on stuff with while he's talking over things with Karai. Like, yeah, I can kind of clean up some of the noise later. We might need, like, a lapel mic and, and all this stuff. And uh, she's just like... What are all these terms that you're using? Which, yeah, um, if you're not familiar with it, then I imagine high school would be like, "What is the what is this
1: black magic of audio editing?" Yeah, what do you mean? About? The noise, the talking? No, we need that.
0: Yeah, uh, the undercut kid, uh, Ryoji, is going to be their grip because yeah, he's Karido Prime. He's a. He's a <laughs>
1: He puts together Gundam little toys, and he's he's like, I work on cars. I'm I'm, I'm a a triple threat,
0: and uh, he's a handyman. He's he's a handy guy. So he's like, yeah, I can build anything. And uh, as for actually like prepping on the actor's appearance, that's going to be the third guy, bowl cut kid, uh, Shino. Who uh, has two older sisters who are big into like makeup and fashion and stuff, and he would always kind of like do makeup with them when he was a kid. So he's got a lot of hands-on experience doing that kind of thing. It's like, all right, fair enough. Mm. Uh, so hey, the the other kids have jobs, and I'll have, I'll be able to distinguish them from one another in that regard at least. Yeah,
1: handyman guy, volume guy, uh, makeup guy volume guy. Yeah, volume guy was probably the worst way I could describe that character, but there he is. Uh, so they, they're also
0: talking over certain stuff. is like, hey, so we need to get at least this much done because Karai's going to be even busier once we get to summer vacation. Uh, so we're just like, oh, so we're going to go to the beach now on a weekday? And then they're talking about like, oh, what are we going to do? And Hajime says like, look, we don't have the time or the budget to go back and forth between the school where we're shooting stuff and the beach, so we have to make it look look like the school is by the ocean. You know, we'll use a lot of camera tricks and stuff, and we'll add in sound effects during certain scenes to make it look this way. In the live action version of The Promise Neverland,
1: <laughs> it's very amusing. I was like, "Oh right, other people still have a fond nostalgia for this series." <laughs>
0: That anime tried to kill it, by the way, that second season, but uh, I don't know anything about the live action version, but they said it was like the live action version, the interior and exterior of the Gracefield house are different buildings, which is very common, uh, of course. Uh, So, yeah, what we'll do is we'll do all this stuff and they'll just kind of like make the audience make the connection They're like, oh, the school is by the ocean. Then Karai kind of like calls Hajime uh, attention over and is like, hey, I'm ready to begin. So Hajime... Calls the crew together and he just says, like, hey, look, we've only got about two months until the deadline for this contest. This is the first day that we're shooting, so thanks for doing this. And then the guys all get it like, yeah. And he's like, okay, here we go. Action. And uh, they we established that like everyone's like very well equipped for this stuff. They've got multiple cameras for that are going between like, you know, essentially everyone who's not involved in acting in a scene. Are going to have multiple angles for stuff and as a result of doing this they'll have more angles to work with more footage to work with uh just so that they have as much as possible to do also they're scouted stuff out in order to make sure that no students will come into this the shooting while they're doing stuff because they're just doing it in the school uh And there's you know a a quick moment where they like you know they shoot you know Karai delivering a line and then they're like okay let me try this and they they like immediately put the the what they recorded on a tablet and Hajime is immediately like oh my camera work is garbage i should have gone for this instead let me try this instead and then they're like all right yeah this is better uh but then as they're doing that like an alarm that Hajime has set up goes off it's a proximity alarm which I guess he had prepared because the custodian comes by so they've got to hide and then they've got to sh- you know shoot around all this stuff that is happening and Tanaka is just watching all these kids making their first film together and he's like this is great this is you know this is awesome uh and uh they we established that they were able to finish all of the school shots we just kind of like skip ahead through this moment uh and then there is a moment where Karai is thinking about something and then Hajime kind of just like mumbles out loud really quietly. Oh, it's not enough. And everyone's like, what was that? Nothing. No, no. Look, I, we, it's, so, it's so it's difficult as enough as is for us to shoot this stuff. I can't we can't go any further. Uh, so it's fine. And then Tenmaku, you know, just invisibly just grabs him, like shakes his head to make it look like he's not satisfied. And Karai comes over and she says, you wanted to add a shot, didn't you? And Hajime is like, but we are not prepared and I'm not good enough for this. And Kurei is like, it doesn't matter. You should do it. It's your, your, your director. Your job as a director is to insist on your vision. And we cut to uh, the morning as people are coming to class and they have stolen the custodian's cart to use as a makeshift dolly, so that they can get this some sort of action panning shot uh, for for something that uh, Hajime wants to do. That's where we end, as uh, with uh, Rio like pushing him while he's got the camera ready uh, uh, for this like sliding shot.
1: I love this. This is such a great chapter. It's just the the spirit of like guerrilla filmmaking. You're a student film. You're just going to like everything's piecemeal, everything you're doing, like you're shooting around a janitor cleaning because you're like, we're not actually supposed to we're be We're not allowed here. to be here. <laughs> uh, and just a great moment of him being like, there's another shot I want to do and getting the encouragement to be like, if there's a shot you want to do, you should do it and be like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Janitor, we will bring this back but <laughs> yeah. stealing it. And like, just, you can see the conviction on his face in that last panel and it's just, it's so cool. Like, that's just like a spirit that is I think very admirable it's, it's done in so many movies about making films. So it's different seeing it in a a different medium, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, I love this, this, this spirit.
0: It's really, really nice. It's, it just hits like this chapter for me really hit the, the elements of these are amateur filmmakers for Uh me where, you know, like, yes, they've got all this stuff and they've done a really good job of preparing stuff, but they also like, have no idea what they're doing because they're doing it for the first time uh, and so they're just like doing everything that they possibly can all together and and it's this you know transition from hajime being the guy who watches the movie to the guy who makes them and the guy who watches the movies hates the movie The the guy who's making them is making <laughs> lots, lots of really good stuff
1: yeah yeah really really good stuff uh but let's move on to Mashal magic and muscles chapter 157 mash burn dead and the reformed rivals So last time all of Mash's like major antagonists show up, they're gonna help him get to Innocent Zero. And that's what we open with. (laughs) We see Abyss Razor activate his uh Accelerate's ability to start speeding them along. He takes Mash and Margaret with them. Um They're doing a bunch of, like, dashing around. Their speed's, like, sort of weaving around these darkness beams. One is coming straight towards them, though. And then it suddenly pivots, and we see it's because Lord Abel is controlling this Zero's arm. He's like, hmm, you are puppeteering my body. I shall kill you first. Before we can do that, the big N (laughs) appears on his face, and he gets rail-cannoned right in the face from Levis. (laughs) Yeah, Levis is just like, you beat me, so you better not lose to him. He's like, all right, well, I don't like the getting smacked in the face by that over and over again, so I'm going to shield it, and then I'm going to just kill so you.
0: You'll be the first to die. Yeah,
1: yo, it's your turn to die. You guys do that. His hand just starts exploding with blood, and we see it's Carpaccio Luliang who's, like, using his magic to be like, every pain I experience, you experience instead. Step, 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 step. I'm a good guy now. This <laughs> yeah. is the magic a good guy uses. <laughs> I'm the hero. And you're like, mm, okay. Um... He's like, ah, you're all annoyances, Mash and uh, Abyss Razor are coming towards him, fires off a big beam, Abyss tries to block it with a sword, but kind of gets knocked away. However, Margaret snaps their finger and they're ready to go. They're in their their other form, their sonic form, I can't remember what it was called. And they're like, Mash, you hang on my back, I'm going to get you there. And they're zipping across every bear. Uh, he, uh, they have this great line of, I'm so fast, it's sinful. <laughs> uh, so weird yeah uh and they get really really close but at point blank range and it's at zero turns it's like phew fires off this big beam and it's there uh margaret's like oh, he was able to counter my speed attack hits uh really comes in with some big big uh big energy there and there's a smoke and there's like i felt that one connect it's over but we only see margaret's body dropping from the sky Mash isn't there. And instead, Mash is right behind Innocent Zero. Margaret, as they're dropping down from the air, just goes, Give him hell, my dear Mash. And Mash activates finger extensor magic. Gaia burst! No! Zawardo! Time stop now. And Mash has been frozen at time. And he's like, You all have refused to give in, and I commend you for your tenacity. You have gotten very far. However... My control over time means no one can defeat me. And this next spell, as he holds his wand right up to Mash's face, as this is going to be the ultimate output, you're going to be dead. And then his eye starts bleeding. And then his mouth starts bleeding. And he realizes there's a finger in his chest. (laughs) And he's like, wait, the human's quickest possible reaction time is 0.1 second, meaning a point 0.1 second lag exists between my thinking and casting a spell. He released his finger faster than that 0.1, point one second lag, beginning his attack the moment I noticed his presence. And he thinks back to like MASH thinking like, yeah, if I got close to this guy, I can get him. I think I can definitely beat your time magic. And as he's, his eyes are bleeding, he just says, had he wagered everything on settling this in just point." One seconds at the chapter just ends in this gigantic explosion.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh pretty wild. Uh <laughs> just the idea is like I stopped time. <laughs> oh,
1: what the fuck? You finger poked me so fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the best part, is it just being like oh no. <laughs> as, <he's>, uh, <laughs> as he sees like the finger stabbed into like hmm this is super cool everybody got to do something here uh it's very funny seeing how a guy with a real gun and a guy who stabs himself to make you hurt are all used to like good effect here to be like here's what they can do um it's just really really cool i think this is a great chapter
0: yeah yeah i it's also love to see like oh hey mash mash has had some very different opponents yeah. <laughs> over the couple of years as mong's been running hasn't he all right, Quinn, we got to talk about the of Samurai, <laughs> chapter 111, Intermission 1336, part one, oh when we boy, are told, let us examine one year when heroic figures rose and fell. Uh, um, so stuff happens. Um, uh, Tukaji cuts his hair, um, and uh, there's, a, there's a new guy named Kitabatake Akiye, uh, and, uh, who is, uh, who's, who's fighting against uh, uh, Ashikaga's men. And he's like, yeah, we need to run. Uh, and uh, uh, he's like, I should go over to Kyushu and see if I can meet people over there. And uh, so uh, they're like, oh, wow, Akiye, you're so great. And he's like, Bye. The Mikado does not understand his opponent. Takaji will soon launch a counterattack, And, um... Yep. They, uh, that happens, and, um... Alright, look. I did not care about this chapter in the slightest. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, this was a rough one, because it's very specifically Takaoji, uh, Taka Uji, and it's... It feels very caught up in, like, the politics of what the time was. And I just didn't vibe with this one the same way I did that was like here are all the like characters that you know and like have enjoyed throughout the series this one felt very much like there is historical elements I need to reference and like I'm going to do it in a stylized way like the whole cutting of the hair and everything like that a very abusing like parallel with him and Takeuchi or Takeuchi Tokiuki, yeah. Tukiyuki. Uh, But this one felt like they were like, there are important things to do. And here's a couple other characters, which are like, whatever. But yeah, I, I didn't vibe with this one nearly as much as last week. I This
0: chapter completely went in one year and out the other uh, for me. You know, uh, as opposed uh, even as opposed to the Spy Family chapter this week, where it's like, all right, a lot of stuff happened. It was not very entertaining. But, you know, it's setting up stuff that is going to happen that might maybe I'll be interested in. This one was just like, it's just it's it, it feels like it's not setting up anything that i'm going to care about because it's just going to continue the same conflict that it's been the entire time it's not introducing anyone new in terms of in the grand scale of things you can say like oh well what about this ikea guy yeah but like a month ago or two between a month and three months ago there were all these characters you did introduce and then they just died immediately because it's just like well this is a historical person who was involved in this battle here they are and now they're gone and that's yeah. just kind of it so I, I feel no need to get attached to this new character or care what they're up to.
1: I think there is an element of that that uh, Elusive Samurai at this point has kind of proven that, like, there's only been, like, what, like, two or three, like, semi-important antagonists who have ever felt, like, very important. So, uh, uh, the monk guy or the bandit guy with, like, the ant, uh, suit, and then... I guess the eye or the ear guy kind of like, I mean, obviously, uh, Ashikaga, but, uh, it's just like every general we kind of met within, uh, the Ashikaga group just kind of was defeated very quickly. So it's hard to just get super attached to Saki. although I am interested in Archer and that is like tokyuki's thing that he's supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's supposed to learn from the best and all that stuff. So, all right, well, if we're going to wrap that up, yeah. we can move on to Black Clover. This is page 360, the end of the recap this week on Readable World. So we follow very briefly up on what happened last week where Noelle unleashes Leviathan, Tree Dragon's War... ACR basically, like, sort of spins like a little tornado and, like, goes straight through it, and they're about to have a conflict. Although, in my mind, when I first read it, I thought she, uh, like, skated, grinded on the dragon, like a Tony Hawk video game. She doesn't do that. She spins instead.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. right, Noelle. Your mother is wicked sick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we end a little bit there with them just being like, all right, I'm coming at you. And we cover the fight with Master Luscious and know. Master Lush just seems to have the upper hand here uh, Yuno is able to keep up because of his star magic and wind magic it can let him keep up with his speed and predictions but it's not enough he throws Yuno into a building and he holds out his hand he's like this attack will put your soul under my control but there's a big light and Yuno has created the wind spirit creation magic the spirit of Notos a giant shield it blocks the attack and Master Lush is like what is that spell wait he's faster this this isn't right the yuno who grows up in the clover kingdom should not have this kind of power even if he's burning his life to get it in all my predictions the world in which yuno was the strongest is the one where he steadily acquired power in the spade kingdom which never had a rebellion but even that yuno know, took several years to master star magic however this yuno has reached that level in a bit over a year wait no he's even stronger And that's not it. Noelle Silva is not supposed to have ever grown this strong. Mary Leona should have been killed instantaneously by Morris. Fuego Leon shouldn't even be here. He should already be dead. And the Magic Knight should have given up. Why? What has changed? What is different between my predictions and the reality? And Yuno is coming at him. And there's like a a dynamic. Like both of them are kind of talking at once. Uh, But Yuno is basically thinking how... He has always been the one to strike the last blow. And he did it when we fought Lucifero too. He's referring to Asta. And he's like, it's so frustrating. So that's why I keep conquering the me who wasn't good enough. And Master Luscious is like, this, you know, this world, its future can't be read. This is the world Asta influenced. And we end the chapter on a big two page spread of, you know, saying no matter who I'm up against, I'll take them down. And he finishes with a big strike against Luscious. Yeah, this is a cool chapter.
0: Uh, cool. I mean, the, this, the way that it's just kind of paced out with the, with Master Luscious coming to this realization of like, this is all this is all that asked the kid's fault, you know, that, that things are this way, but the way he, you know, he goes from, not just to go like, oh, you know, he's made you know this strong, but also like, you know, just hitting on like all these characters that are just, you know, a little bit different and a little bit stronger because Asta has been influencing them in some way. It does really make our hero out to be like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, the effect this kid has had on the people within this story. Uh, And I don't know exactly about like the mechanics of how Flushius is able to, you know, read all of this exactly the way that he has, but whatever it's fine uh you know it's it's just nice that he we have this moment of like the the villain realizes like shit
1: god i hate that kid (laughs) asta really changed a lot about these years i do like it like it feels very frustrating i feel like some people are going to be like oh it's another like Astor thing but i think the series has kind of earned it to this point where i don't think we're at the end of the story I, if it'd be wild if, if he didn't master Lucius here and there is all this like setup that didn't get paid off um but i do like that he's like i have predicted everything why is this universe not playing out the way i expected it and it's like because you never calculated asta the magicless kid into your expectations um Although there is like a weirdness, I was like, you never started including him in your predictions when he was helping to fight in the Clover or the Spade Kingdom battle. Like, you should have started including him at that point.
0: Yeah, you should have started having some clues when he when he saved the kingdom for what the third time. Like-
1: <laughs> After he killed Lucifero, I feel like you should have started putting the kid on your radar. No, 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 no. This kid's not important. <laughs> uh, but very, very good. And I, I do appreciate. I don't know if it's intentional or not. Uh, But we're not really playing too much with um, the time magic that Luscious has. And I feel like that's very nice knowing there is another fight against a big evil magic dude who has time magic going on in Mashal. I don't think it's intentional, but it it definitely has been appreciated.
0: I think that there's a bit of restraint being uh, shown uh, because this is only the start of this arc, uh, which is a good move. You don't want to have the villain use all of his tricks uh, right at the beginning.
1: Yep. Good stuff. Uh, that's it. That's all the manga. Yeah.
0: Right. So, Quinn,
1: tell me, what was your favorite this week? And who was your favorite character? Chapter is really tough. MVP isn't. It's it Ka- is. It's It's Kaichi from Akane Minashi is my character of the week. But chapter of the week is tough. I thought I knew going into this, but I was like, I really liked Undead Unlock. Mm-hmm. I thought Chainsaw Man was really cool uh akana was good although i just gave that character um but black clover was great tenmaku cinema was really really good like i just uh mashal was really really cool i just feel like every series kind of earns it i think if i just go by what series i seem to really like the most i might say tenmaku cinema but i really kind of want to give it to black clover
0: Yeah, I I fully understand where you're coming from. Uh, Like, there were a lot of really good ones. Like, I'm I've kind of like just sort of like kind of like going through and there's like five different series that I would feel fine being like, oh, yeah, this was the best thing this week. You're absolutely right about it being Kaichi. Like, you know, Kaichi makes that chapter and it's just really, really cool to see a character just be like, nope, this is who I am and I'm going for it. And it's a really good representation of what he is about. Uh, It's a great, you know, proper introduction to who he is in terms of his style uh my favorite chapter this week i think i am gonna go with tenmaku cinema yeah uh it's but it's it is like really 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 it's like neck and neck and neck and neck and neck for me uh yeah. for a bunch of really good series
1: yeah uh, i think anything could earn i i am to be very clear going to give it to tenmaku cinema um And the audience, by the way, agreed with us with Kaichi. Uh, The audience picked Chainsaw Man as their chapter of the week, which again, totally again, Also really good. yeah, Really, really funny. And uh, I think in a different week, it definitely would have been like a strong, strong contender. But this is a really good week of manga, even without One Piece or uh, My Hero.
0: That's okay, guys. There there will be more polls to be held in the coming weeks. How long until New Sexist wins chapter of the week? (laughs) Only time will tell.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think it's just going to win polls that we do at the end of the, the year for best chapter recap and yeah, stuff certainly. like that.
0: Uh, guys, this is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. We want to thank you all for joining us, for tuning in to twitch.tv slash T where we record the show live Wednesday evenings at about 7.30 to 8.00 Eastern Time is when we start off. You can also follow us on social media to know when we're going to start recording. Uh, it's T. it's Nick F. Time, it's WMR Podcast follow those we also drop a little reminder in the discord if you want to join that and will be linked wherever you have listened to this and you can join our community in talking about the chapters as they come out week to week and talking about the recommendation that we take and all sorts of other fun stuff as well you can also use that to find the google doc maintained by ninja x3i which keeps track of all sorts of statistics associated with the show including recommendations that we have taken may take in the future And also just like people's favorite moments associated with the show and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, We uh, would like to also extend thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash recap. We recorded a buddy chat recently that should be going up on there. And uh we uh, uh lost my train of thought. Uh, our video version of the show are posted on YouTube.com slash weekly The audio version can be listened generally wherever podcasts can be posted, including Spotify, iTunes, and weekly recap.podbean.com. The video version, the opening sequence is done by Milo Jack Stillitz and Winsley Dale chitter Thank you guys for creating that thing for us. And uh, Steve man occasionally does title cards for the series as well. You can check out his work wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet by searching for Steve man art. And uh, now we come to the time where Nick says what we're going to read next.
1: Mm -hmm. You had a great pick last time.
0: I did. It was great. It was a great pick that I made. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually have a manga this time and I've had it ready in my back pocket. In the chamber. That's right. Guys, uh, there has been a series that has been highly recommended. It's gotten a a number of things. A number of people all saying like, oh yeah, you guys should read this on the Google Doc. And uh, as it so happens, uh, it has recently taken the world by storm uh, because it is one of the most uh, hot... It is one of the hottest new anime currently running. It has just debuted uh, this season. It's Oshinoko and oh okay i know very little about this other than people are talking about it right
1: now i'll tell you the first volume is a trip i've read the first volume uh i'm still i think only it's like the second volume is about to come out here
0: so we will uh dig into that uh and uh yeah join us for that i'm gonna be
1: very curious to hear your thoughts on this one
0: we'll see how it goes all
1: right uh good stuff well that is good uh that's gonna do it goodbye i feel like i had a thought i was gonna say but all right this is a good pick this is a good pick you know what this is this is like family feud when somebody says an answer and you're like i'm unsure but good pick good pick gotta you gotta cheer for your team no matter what oh
0: dear oh dear what have i done (laughs)